Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Jug Podcast for June 2019. This is episode number 39, and my name is Sean. My name is Frank. And my name is Andrew. Coming up on this month's episode, we are talking about E3 2019. We're going to be going through all of the major press conferences and talking about the various announcements and trailers that were released. It's just such an exciting time of year if you're into video games. Maybe a little less exciting this year. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but, you know, we also will probably talk about some other things we've been playing. We've got a little bit of junk mail, too. If we can fit it all in, we're going to do our best. It has been a few months. How are you guys doing? Good. We had that little mini GDC episode at uh, Film Junk... What was it? 700? 700 Club. 700 Club, yeah. So that was a little little nice uh, teaser of this show, I guess. And then, other than that, I've actually finished a couple games in between now and then, so that was always nice to get to do that. But overall, I would say uh, pretty disappointed with this E3, but we'll get into it more. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm sure Frank has some opinions over there of his... Uh, yes, you obviously have no idea how I feel about E3. We're coming in fresh. <laughs> Let me also say happy Father's Day to both of you. It's Father's Day here in Canada. Uh, I've not done this before. This is my first (laughs) genuine happy Father's Day to Sean and Andrew of the Game Junk Podcast. I hope it was wonderful. We definitely did not Uh, have any technical difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yes, E3. I love E3. I'm always so excited to watch the press conferences. It's weird to think, you know. At nine o'clock at night, you're like you're all hyped up to watch some what is usually a terrible presentation just to see what nuggets you can squeeze out of it or these awesome games here and there. But I do love it, and this year I hated it. It was uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. This so year, we'll see. This year I was really glad I watched everything afterwards on YouTube, so I was able to just fast forward through a bunch of stuff that was not interesting to me. I definitely appreciated the five-second fast-forward button on my keyboard for a lot of these press conferences. Because I all oh, yeah. I watched a couple live, but most I watched later, and I do not regret one second of that time. Yeah, I think the only one I watched live was Microsoft. Actually, no, not even Microsoft. I was kind, of, I was like lagging behind that a little bit too. So, I guess none of them. Uh, and yeah, I agree with you. It was, it was. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I skipped over. I think there may have been some some hidden gems in some of the other smaller press conferences, the, some of the indie stuff. I don't think so. <laughs> I guess we'll never find out, uh, or at least we won't find out until someone tells us, because I don't know how deeply we've, we've all uh, dove into the stuff this year. But uh, The point of E3 is you don't have to dig deep. If you got to dig yeah. deep, there's a problem. Yeah. So, uh, I guess before we get into it, is there anything else you guys need to talk about? I mean, we can quickly say, as always, uh, facebook.com slash gamejunk, at gamejunkpodcast on Twitter. We do throw up, you know, the occasional link to interesting news if, you know, you want to have some stuff flowing through your social media in between episodes. That isn't just a gush of useless shit that everyone else puts out. We put out the high quality stuff only. <laughs> yeah, links to other people's high quality stuff. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah you can follow us there um we have the the discord channel as well yep which i think is still pinned uh to the top of the facebook page should be yeah so you can uh join that if you're interested um yeah i'm trying to think what else i mean there wasn't really a whole lot of news pre-e3 that i mean obviously we talked about some of the stuff from gdc and the google uh, stadia stadia stuff well let's talk one pre-e3 thing sure um death stranding sony big announcement I was at work predicting. I wrote down what I predicted the release date would be, and I was off by a year. Yeah, the, I could not believe when it was announced to be coming out this year. And it's that no, is a, November, right? Yeah, November eleventh or twenty second. Pardon me. Uh, that's a huge win for Sony, in my opinion. Not a lot of big games now. Based on the gameplay, I'm still not sold on it. Other than the fact that it looks gorgeous and it's got some interesting performers in it, but if it's good, that could be huge. Yeah, I thought everything they showed looked pretty straightforward. Um, like nothing, nothing really exciting. It was more atmosphere and sort of like the mystique around what Kojima's going to do with the story, more so than anything gameplay-wise that was really standing out but definitely that release date was unexpected i definitely thought they were gonna aim for more of a you know playstation 5 launch window type release date you know it's interesting like they obviously threw that out just pre-e3 and and they sony was not at e3 this year um which you know was a big deal and uh it was almost like that was their kind of like their one bombshell here you go we don't need to say anything else but, you know, it makes me wonder, like, do you guys think Death Stranding is going to be a huge blockbuster? Like, I know Kojima is one of the few kind of, you know, game designers that is a name to, you know, a household name, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, and obviously Metal Gear Solid is huge, but I don't know, man. This game looks pretty weird and pretty inaccessible. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. I think it'll probably depend on how many like metal gear fan fans actually know Kojima's name and maybe buy everything he will make. Like, cause I don't know how many games does metal gear sell. Let's say 5 million, right? Maybe, maybe more. Um, I, no idea I would say, sure. I would say this probably sells a couple million, even if it's not that great. And if it's great, it could sell probably like the same number as like metal gear, you know, like in the 5 million range or whatever. There's only one thing that's going to matter, and we both know it. What are those Metacritics and review scores? This game is a game that's going to sell based on that. Or exceed sales expectations based on good reviews. Yeah, and the good, what I didn't realize is that they're using the Gorilla Engine, the same one they use for Horizon Zero Dawn. So they really? didn't, yeah, they didn't have to develop all their own tech, which I didn't realize. I thought they were building something from the ground up, but they're actually using Gorilla's engine. So obviously Sony being essentially like second party with Gorilla was a big help in getting that, um, you know, helping them along the way to develop that. So I think that is why we're seeing such an early release date compared to what we expected. Because I, I don't know, personally, I thought they would have to build up a whole new tech and, and infrastructure. But if they kind of can 
get gorilla people to come over and help them set up the engine and get everything going like they could be off to the races pretty quickly i bet gorilla has some pretty amazing tools now well it looks like uh just a quick search here that kojima productions was also helping with the uh the engine as well oh were they interesting mm. then they're definitely familiar with it like right out the gate when they're starting to make death stranding hmm so a couple other quick things uh we should mention uh citizens of space oh yes that was kind of a pre-e3 thing right yeah so i mean i didn't work on that game but obviously i know ryan really well he's been on the show before and i mean my like i would say some of my heart and soul is still in that game because they're still using the same engine that ryan and i wrote for citizens of earth um so that actually was kind of surprising i mean they i knew it was coming out soon but Sega just kind of dropped this short little teaser trailer and then put the release date this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. So in two days from recording this, probably basically it's out when the show gets dropped. And really a confusing time to be announcing that game and then not doing any really additional <laughs> marketing for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been talking with Ryan and, and I've basically told him like what are they doing <laughs> with it but he doesn't really have any answers unfortunately and he's he's kind of getting them to try to do more but anyways if people want to go out and show some support for a small indie studio i think it's 15 dollars Cana- uh, us probably so 17.99 canadian whatever that is equivalent you know let's go out and and give it a look if you're in rpgs it, it, i've played most of it I did some some testing near the end to, to help them find some of the last bugs. And the game, I would say, is a lot better than Citizens of Earth. So if you like Citizens of Earth, this one's better. And, um, yeah, it's another long game. 40 people to recruit if you kind of like that stuff. And, yeah, it comes out June 18th, so right around the corner, super fast. And I have a feeling, I'm kind of worried it's just going to get lost in the E3 wins and... And no one's even going to know this game came out. So give it a look. Xbox One, PS4, PC, and Switch. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> now the other thing, that this actually did, I think maybe it was like a month before E3, but we got to briefly touch on this very weird <clears throat> new console that was announced. Oh, I have one more thing, Sean, potentially. Okay. Alec, or, <laughs> Andrew, are we allowed to talk about uh, anything going on at Pixelnauts? Pixelnauts? I didn't get any word from Alex. Maybe I should text him right now and we can re-come back to this. Okay, all right. We can drop some uh, hot news. Yeah, some breaking news. Well, yeah, but just be prepared for some announcements very shortly regarding Pixelnauts. Cool. Uh, And you can follow them on Twitter or on Instagram for sure. They're doing a big... uh, Social media push at Pixelnauts Games, I believe. Let me verify that. I think so. And I think Pixelnaut Games on Twitter. Just Pixelnauts mm. on Instagram. So check it out. So I just briefly wanted to touch on this play date thing. I know you guys were kind of uh, oh, you went kind of kind of turning up your nose. I thought you were going to talk it. about the other other 
console that was announced. Which, the Mini? No, the PlayStation 5. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we will get into that, I think. I mean, I guess we could talk about that before. Go ahead, talk about your Playdate. I mean, I don't have that much to say. I just think it's the weirdest, like, you know, it, it seems like this very niche idea. Uh, you know, it's a handheld system that has a crank on the side that can be used as a an input for games. I, I guess that's kind of new and interesting, but... The thing is that it basically you buy the system and then I think you uh, pay for a subscription and you get basically 10 games a year. And there's certain developers that are every year planning to release a game for this thing. Uh, I just, I, I, I admire the, uh, <laughs> the originality, I guess. I just don't know who this is for. Um, and it's, I believe you. It's for it you. It would be, but I'm not even that interested in it. I, I guess it's also, um, is it just black and white as well, or is it also color? Mm-hmm. I think it is just black and white, right? I think so. I think it's similar to like the original Game Boy. Yeah, that's the vibe I was getting. But uh, very strange. Definitely appealing to a kind of you know, hipster elite kind of, uh, well, you know, Frank, I, to be honest, this seems like it could be up your alley too. Cause you did buy into the Ouya thing and you are not biting on this one. I am not, I guess I got to see some, as they say at these conferences, it's all about the games. <laughs> I'm going to need to see some killer apps, some software. No, I don't. Uh, did they even have anything at E3? I don't, recall seeing I don't think so at least nothing that I came across my radar I guess for them it's not probably not even worth it because you know you're gonna pay a lot of money to not really stand out (coughs) yeah I have to say it's more expensive than a Google Stadia (laughs) pre-order yeah that's true what what was the price on this is it 200 149 149 US 149 US right so that is coming out early 2020. Okay. Uh, okay. So then, well, yeah, I guess so Sony wasn't at E3, but they have been, well, I guess they haven't said anything official, right? This was all from that Wired article? Well, it was official. It was Mark Cerny. He's like the head architect of it. Okay. It was an official announcement. It was just kind of strange because it was in Wired. Right. And not really like IGN or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I guess I never really registered that it was... Yeah, no, it was the guy, the guy behind it. So I would say it's official. So PS5, what did they tell us about this thing? Um, Let me get my notes. But it was, it, it was surprisingly similar to Microsoft's Project Scarlet yes. announcements. Like, <laughs> extremely similar. Um, I actually went back and reread the Wired article right before this and uh, all specs have been dictated by the gaming Illuminati. Yeah. So, okay, let's see here. They said that the, so in the wired article, it said that the CPU is this like new model AMD Ryzen, which is essentially exactly what uh, Microsoft said, except they worked with AMD to like come up with a new one. So I don't know what that means if they have like a slightly tweaks for certain things on it, but essentially it sounds like they're matched. Now, I also, right before this, was listening to a um, Digital Foundry podcast, and they were talking about the like actually going to AMD for this for E3, 
and they talked with AMD and they were saying that the CPUs, now this could be fuzzy because I could be wrong, but there's like eight core, 12 core and 16 core versions of them depending. So that could be where maybe the differences in the consoles could come into play. I don't know the exact differences between them and that, but um, maybe that's could be how the consoles are going to differentiate themselves. And then they were talking about this Navi family of GPUs, which is essentially just kind of like the next gen quote unquote um, CPUs. But this digital foundry thing was saying how um, everyone's talking about the ray tracing, but and and, uh, and or AMD themselves, I guess, have said that they're not really going to handle that. So mm-hmm. Microsoft was toting that in their conference to kind of jump ahead. Um, so that's kind of interesting that AMD themselves seem to not really have a solution for it, but Microsoft is saying they do. So that could be a difference between Sony and them if they have their own custom thing that is supposed to handle that stuff better. Um, seemed like the biggest thing for both was this idea of like instant load times, right? Yeah. Super fast SSDs and leveraging Ram for virtual memory and other stuff, I think, or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so bo- it sounds like both of them have realized that the hard drive is the big bottleneck and everything, and so they've both invested or they've both purchased the next top-of-the-line SSD and kind of both gone down that route. So that's good that, that that's going to be in the next ones. Um, and then the last thing that was in that Wired article is that they were talking about a, th- a chip for 3D audio to make the audio better on the PS5 which Microsoft did not mention anything about. Um, So, I mean, I'm not sure if that just means like a lot more audio channels or what, what exactly that means, like more accurate representation in space of where the sounds are coming from, I guess is probably what that means. But I mean, it's pretty good now. So, I mean, you can obviously get better. Yeah. I mean, it really feels like, like yeah the load time thing that's interesting that feels like that's something people will notice but a lot of this other stuff just feels like incremental improvements that will the average person notice a huge difference well ray tracing you would notice for sure well yeah if you can pull that off that would be true that is like actual photorealistic lighting rather than guess guesswork right but i mean yeah doesn't feel like i mean i felt like this kind of with the last generation too it feels like kind of the average person is just a little bit they don't know they don't know the difference don't really care you're just selling them on this is the new thing it's getting quite technical when you're especially when you don't show anything it's just like all words in both cases yeah so i mean if you don't know what you know a seven nanometer chip is like no one that's meaningless to almost 99.99% of people. Right. So why even say that it, it, it seems like a waste of marketing to even bring that up because no one, no one knows, no one cares. Yeah. I think the only thing from the Microsoft announcement uh, or that, that little video they had, they, like I remember they kind of tried to explain that you could kind of pick and choose like versus like, do you want to have, uh, you know, a super tight frame rate, or do you want to try to like, you know, if you have a single player kind of action adventure game, maybe you want to go more for more impressive graphics and you could kind of pick and choose one direction or the other. But 
I mean, that kind of exists already with Xbox One X and with PlayStation Pro. Yeah, and with a PC. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I was not picking up too much else in terms of what's new, but I think it's also um, hard to sell it when it is just words. Like neither of them had a picture of even like concept art of what the console will look like. So there's nothing tangible for people to really keep in their mind of what this thing is going to be. Yeah. It's just kind of about raising awareness. This is coming. And, I guess so. You know, get your get your wallets ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why we're showing you nothing right now. Yeah. Yeah. But they did I mean, Microsoft did announce a, na- a date and Sony did not. So, I'm assuming Sony will also be holiday next year. I mean, that was what the rumors were already. So, mm-hmm. but it will be interesting. Like, I would have thought Microsoft might try to get a jump on Sony, mm. but I mean, it sounds like they're going to be within a couple months of each other either way. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a race to see who gets it. But yeah. So okay, well, let's get into E3 now. I, in the past, we've kind of gone through by the press conferences and I think it still kind of makes sense to do that here um, so we can kind of go in chronological order now I know you have a pretty good outline over there Huck City uh, I think so we started with EA yeah uh, so they didn't show too much I mean the the main thing they showed was the Star Wars I think so I always thought it was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order but I think it's like Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Colon Fallen. Yeah, it's almost like they're starting this new thing of Jedi's, and they're calling this game Fallen Order. Anyways, minor point, but hmm. I was confused about it for a while there. Um, but yeah, so they showed what maybe a twenty-minute demo of the game, and overall, I would say not super impressed by it. It looked great, the visual looked good, but I'm watching this game and I'm trying to think of how I would know where to go next and everything it, you know in Uncharted if you need to climb something there's like the subtle yellow they even did it in Tomb Raider they made it white so you kind of know where you need to go and it seemed like in this game um, they showed a few segments where you gotta like force push down or cut like a bridge that like has controls I never would have seen that I mean maybe if the screen was bigger but, I mean, I was watching it full screen on my monitor, so it should have been pretty well, close. Well, I have to say, like, they did say it was three hours or so into the game, and I think, I mean, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt to think that, oh, they're going to teach the player which things are climbable or destructible uh, throughout the first two chapters or whatever in the game. But I just found, to me, it looked like a game that's, like, design-wise eight years old with slightly better graphics. Like nothing yeah. seemed all that revolutionary about it or that exciting. So it seems like they're making it <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> more like a, a Marvel or Disney movie where they're setting it up not to fail than to trying to be like amazing. They're, they're worried about people, you know, giving it bad reviews. So they just, just make a, a game like, a typical action adventure game. Don't try to get too crazy with it. Add Star Wars stuff, and the only way we can fail is by you know 
putting things that people don't like in the game or avoid negative reviews as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, they. it almost seemed like it was basically just Force, force Unleashed next yeah. gen. Yeah, yep. I was getting that vibe as well, which, I, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like, there is a part of me that just kind of wants a straightforward Star Wars game, sit down, play through it, don't, you know, don't complicate things with open world stuff or, um, you know, RPG stuff. Just give me something that's action-y and in that world, and I might be happy, but I'm not. also not super excited about it. Like, I, I probably will pick it up, but, yeah. It was a very controlled playthrough. Mm-hmm. Like, there's small rooms with just a couple of enemies that, you know, they took their time and froze stuff and did things where... I would see most players just kind of rushing up, hack, 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 throw this, and you just kind of burn through the entire game. Yeah, the only thing was that in the Microsoft press conference, they did show a slightly different teaser trailer, I guess, and it showed some more set pieces, like him climbing up the uh, AT-AT walker's leg and stuff. So, like, that sort of set piece moment type thing, I'm surprised they didn't show more of that type things in EA's demo. EA's demo seemed very like straight line corridor, like we were talking about, really nothing too exceptional. Maybe it's just like, because the Microsoft thing was just a trailer, right? Or did they show gameplay? I think there was a little gameplay intermixed. Okay. But it's sometimes it's hard to tell now. Yeah, I mean, EA, I wasn't a fan really of how they did their press conference either because it was very, they had a a handful of games and they just dedicated like half hour chunks to them. And it was just you know, long gameplay sessions. And I guess if you're really excited about one of those particular games, that's what you want, but it's not really what I was looking for. I skipped all the other games. Yeah. So did I, <laughs> I think <laughs> I, might, I might've watched something else that came after, but it was mostly sports stuff, right? Was there, it was. So after, and the after that was apex legends. Oh, I, right, I right. also skipped that. Then battlefield five, I skipped then FIFA Madden and the Sims four. Right. So, and I think I skipped all those. <laughs> Even me, Mr. Madden. Like, I'm pretty sure I didn't I didn't watch any of the Madden one. Yeah. Not too much else to say there, I guess. The only thing I had to say as, like, a Star Wars nerd is I'm pretty sure from reading, like, some of the books that, the uh, like, Wookiee homeland where it's supposed to take place, I'm pretty sure those trees are supposed to be, like, miles high. Because those, those, the Wookiees are supposed to be, like, tree dwelling like fast sloth type things that move quickly through the trees so these guys i need dax on here to back me up breaking cannon yeah they're breaking cannon i need dax to back me up we should call (laughs) him get a little call i don't know i don't know i'm just saying i could be wrong it was a while ago i read these books but isn't kashik in uh episode two the movie no oh i don't know maybe pretty sure well they messed they messed it up well i guess they they didn't care well, novels aren't canon. Movies and Fallen Order are canon. And I guess Star that's Wars true. Rebels. Yes. Okay, so anything else to talk about with EA? Uh, you fucked up, bud. You're toast. <laughs> what, like, Battlefield 5, what, is there anything uh, significant to discuss there, even if you guys didn't watch? I think the... they were talking about some sort of expansion. But I also let's be honest. We don't know. And that means it does not matter. And there's definitely been no rumblings about how awesome the Battlefield Five stuff was. So 
Yeah, that's true. All right, well, let's get into uh, Microsoft, I guess, which was kind of the one sort of still fairly traditionally, you know, big stage show. And um, and they showed a lot of stuff. A question would be, you know, how much of it was gameplay and how much of it was good. Uh, so what, what do you got on that list there, Huck? One second. I was texting with Alex. <laughs> but he says, stick with, be on the lookout for... <laughs> for stuff the Stick announcement's coming the yeah the, he said we're going to be announcing stuff in like uh, 10 days or so nice okay so they started off I got the list here they started off with like a sizzle reel just for like all the games on the Xbox Game Studios now uh, that they've either released or have are going to be coming out then they showed The Outer Worlds which is coming out this October and I thought it looked kind of like a Bethesda game. That's Oh, uh, it is. It's the two guys who left, and they're basically... Well, it's Obsidian, right? So they did uh, New Vegas, right? Yes. And then he got, they got acquired by Microsoft. And right. I guess that's like... That could be a big seller, because Fallout definitely kind of lost its audience and I think people just want a regular Bethesda game, which they haven't had for a while. So And sci-fi. Uh, yeah, I could see that being a pretty big deal. I like the art style. I'm not a huge Bethesda guy, but I think that game is going to do really well. And if I recall, the like Obsidian games are like probably higher. Didn't um, the Fallout New Vegas do better than Fallout 3? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I know some people like that game better, but I still feel like most people... Like the original one? Like the original Fallout, mm. yeah. But I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I th- I liked the look of it, but I just I couldn't get a good sense of what the actual gameplay was. Yeah, it. Well, that's what I was I was thinking. It just kind of looks like a Bethesda game. So, but they didn't go into much details, from what I recall. Is it you know questing or is it shooting or? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little surprised if it is coming out October that there wasn't a bit more. I mean, certainly they featured it early on, so it's something they wanted to mm-hmm. show off, but. I don't know. I was hoping for a little, little more. They did Stick of Truth as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And that one I think was better than the Fractured But Whole. But I, I love Stick of Truth. It's amazing. yeah. Uh, so after this, the Ninja Theory team came out and debuted that Bleeding Edge game, which was like a four v four online melee combat game. I have absolutely zero interest in that. But they had quite yeah. a long well, trailer from what I remember. It was it's basically a a competitor I would say to For Honor. Uh I For Honor a lot of people love. Dax literally plays that game All like time. 5 hours a day every day. Yeah, so, but that's kind of like uh, based in history. People might have an a, a, like interest in, you know, samurais or ninjas or whatever's in there, knights. So I could see yeah, why get, people would be drawn to that. Plus, it's it's like animation. Like, uh, isn't it awesome animation? Isn't that why Dax loves it? I I mean, he loves like kill shots and decapitations and stuff like that. So <laughs> uh, I think that's one of the reasons he likes it. But he just likes the gameplay. I don't know. To me, Bleeding Edge is more appealing to me. I like the art style. It had really unique character designs. 
Uh, I like the mechanics of Ninja Theory's games that I've played. Uh, so I, I'm not that excited for it, but I think I would prefer it to a For Honor if I had to pick one or the other. As long as the gameplay's good. Yeah, fair enough. Then they showed um, Ori, Will of the Wisps, which was um, just like a master class in animation. <laughs> um, I don't know. That trailer was really good in my opinion and it showed you you know quite a quite a lot of gameplay quite a lot of you know awesome art great animated backgrounds it was really like boss heavy and chase heavy like spectacle moments i didn't really get a feel for what the you know exploring gameplay would be like from that trailer that's true but i think they were trying to keep it action-packed and moving and just kind of show off all the new stuff. Like when that spider came out kind of from the background, pretty, pretty incredible stuff. Like, I don't know if they're modeling that in 3d or if it's all hand drawn stuff. That's they're custom making. All, I'm not sure. All their stuff is modeled. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that I thought looked really good as well. Is that, do we have a release date on that? Mm, yeah. February uh, 11th, 2020. It, so early next year. <clears throat> I was hoping for this year, but, I guess that makes Please, sense. Please, you're not going to have time to play it anyways. <laughs> I might make time for that. Yeah, one. yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, the next thing was the Minecraft Dungeons uh, game that got announced. Huh. This is like, kind of like Diablo Minecraft. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty interesting. I mean, I'm not a big Minecraft guy, but I like Diablo. And I mean, Minecraft has enough money. I'm sure they'll polish that game up quite well. Yeah, I'm kind of on board for this. I've been itching to... I actually, like... I bought Diablo 3 for the Switch kind of feeling like I gotta I gotta get back into this game and I haven't but I have this I don't know I'm, I'm looking forward to the Ultimate Alliance 3 coming out next month and I kind of just I yeah I want to get back into some Diablo style games so I feel like this one could be kind of fun but I really yeah still don't know like is it like an open like I, I just how linear is this game like I feel like Minecraft that name makes you think that it's got to be kind of this sandboxy kind of thing that you can just play endlessly and I don't know if that's something they want in this game or if they're trying to set it apart yeah well I know like um well the original Diablo was procedurally generated levels so in theory that's you true, could yeah. play that game endlessly I'm sure they'll do that and it kind of reminded me of like you know, there obviously it still has that Minecraft look, but Diablo is a pretty simple game, um, and you know you also have the success of the Dragon Quest builders, which is kind of like almost what Minecraft Dungeons is going for. So it feels I feel like people who grew up with Minecraft and are looking for sort of like the next evolution on Minecraft. I think this will be a good step for them. I think this could sell like quite well. And I think they said spring 2020 for this one. So still pretty far away. Yeah, they also have that Minecraft. I don't think this was at the Microsoft press conference, but they have that Minecraft uh, um, AR game. What's it called? I can't oh, remember. World? Like Minecraft, Minecraft World or Worlds? something? Uh, or Minecraft yeah. Earth or something? Minecraft Earth, that was it, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was really shown at E3 at all, but they did announce some stuff about that prior to E3, and I thought that sounded like a pretty cool pretty yeah. cool little idea. So, 
interested in that too. Yeah. Uh, the next thing was the Star Wars Jedi Order, Fallen Order thing again. Um, then one of the bigger surprises, I guess, for me, uh, they showed that Blair Witch game. Yeah. Which was, I thought it was going to be like Alan Wake 2 or something, but then it turned out to be Blair Witch. Um, I mean, it looked pretty scary, looked pretty interesting. That's not really my style of game, but I thought it kind of made a splash, uh, especially not really expecting it. And it comes out pretty soon, August 30th. So obviously it's pretty far along. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that game. I mean, it is one of the stranger licensed things we've seen in a while. And, you know, obviously there was a Blair Witch movie a couple of years ago, and it was kind of a big disappointment. I do still love the original Blair Witch Project, but the game to me didn't seem to embody what I think of when I think of that original movie anyway. Like, it seemed like a very... uh, just I don't know. It felt very survival horror y, and it wasn't kind of. I, I would. I would. I guess I would like something that would be a little more immersive and take its time. But that trailer was just very like jump scares and like in your face, and I don't know. It also implied there was some sort of like time loop type aspect to it because he kind of came back to the start of that path and then had different things happen as he <clears throat> That's went back true. through. I mean, so. I I I just got that you know like the whole thing is you get lost in the woods right and you mm-hmm. can't, can't get out but um there were a couple other time loop games at e3 as well but mm-hmm. uh yeah i it, you know if reviews are amazing i might i might check that one out but as of right now I'm not that interested mm-hmm. any comments on that one frank pardon any me? comments on blair witch none no <laughs> all right <laughs> then we uh, then we then we went on to the big the big hype train, the Keanu Reeves appearance. Oh yeah. And I must say yeah. I, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I laughed quite a bit at this, only because it was so ridiculous and people were so ex- so excited. Though he, had, he he played up the crowd pretty well. Um Yeah. But I he's in the game, I guess. That was the announcement. And he showed the release date of uh April sixteenth, twenty twenty, which I have a feeling they're going to not make. I agree. And yeah, that I mean the whole Keanu thing just to talk about that for a second. I mean, yes, we've hit this like this peak in Keanu, like just all these things coming together at once. And Frank already kind of ranted about it last week on Film Junk, but it is interesting for this game. I mean, Keanu is a pretty good ambassador for the cyberpunk genre. I mean, this is the guy from Johnny Mnemonic and (laughs) some of these other nineties sci-fi movies that are not great, but you know, at the time we're all we had. Uh, so yeah, I thought his character, his character in the game looked pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought like, you know, we always kind of joke about some of the cringy stuff at E3 and like trying to bring celebrities in and make it look so cool. And I, you know, this was a little bit of that, but then I feel like Keanu clearly realized how ridiculous the whole thing was and, you know, was kind of just having fun with that. So, it, yeah, I I enjoyed that. And I thought the trailer was pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frank, anything on that? Keanu, man? I, I liked Keanu at the press conference. I'm a little sick of seeing Keanu everywhere I look. <laughs> but... I mean, I'm interested for this game. I think it looks really cool, but still, gameplay-wise, I don't know if I'm missing some trailer somewhere. I'm not seeing a ton of 
gameplay that's that compelling or really telling me what this game is all about. So I could I could just not be looking in the right places. But I feel like everyone, it's interesting, it won IGN's best of E3 last year and this year. I haven't seen anyone really play this game at all, and it's just people telling me you have to love this game or this is the best game ever. So yeah, uh, I don't see I don't see it myself yet. But uh, I think I've heard on a few podcasts that there's like a behind closed doors demos yeah. for them that you're not allowed to really talk about in depth. So and and it sounds like a lot of the demos that the journalists are seeing they're not even getting to play, which is a little concerning. That, you know, they're, what do they say, April. So they're, you know, eight months out, ten months out. I guess ten months out. And they're not letting people play it, although they've been showing it for two years. That's a little exactly. that's a little risky um, to be such a huge hyped game and not letting anyone actually touch it yet. But, I don't know, maybe they know what they're doing. They've sold a shit ton of copies with Witcher 3, so. Yeah. And obviously, people love that game. So yeah. there's some confidence there. Um, I I I would love nothing more for this to be amazing. So I'm tentatively very excited. Yeah. Um, the next thing they showed was some game called Spitfarer. Oh no, sorry, Spiritfarer. Spiritfarer. <laughs> it looks amazing. Really? This is by Thunder Lotus. They did uh, Jotun, oh, yeah. which I loved. And Sundered, which I really never got into, unfortunately. But this game, it might be making an appearance later. Like, you're on the ship. Uh, the art's amazing. There's, like, uh, I don't even know what you do, but okay. you're on this boat. I was going to say, do you even know what you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it looks amazing. And I trust their gameplay and the uh, like the reflection of your character in the water and all this stuff. Like, it just looks beautiful. I'm stoked that it's coming to Xbox Game Pass Day 1, which we'll probably talk about. We all upgraded to over the crazy deal that they had. And, yeah, I'm, I love the look of this game. I had, I had no... I did not have a reaction like that to it, but... I don't even remember what this was. So, yeah, clearly it didn't make <laughs> much of an impression. It's for like me, a cartoony but... boat game it's from yeah. the side. Okay. Um, and then yeah, Dwight right. Guy's game of the show, Battletoads... <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I thought I thought the uh, like 3D racing section looked pretty interesting, but the like regular combat, um, I was having a hard time. I mean, it, they were showing almost like I I don't know, like on if you're on like the mobile app store or whatever, you know how they always have like a little snippet of the gameplay and then some like overlay partially in front of this front of that, and they have some words like you know. 10,000 hours of whatever uh, they were doing that with like the trailer and I was having a hard time seeing the gameplay in the like kind of boxed off window and just I, I was having trouble kind of making out who was who and what was what because everything was pretty I don't know like pastel almost like colors or whatever that like vibrant cartoony mm-hmm. and I mean it looked fine I don't know what I was really expecting for it, but I did I did like the 3D racing scenes they seemed to have that were kind of like from behind. I at first I hated the art style for this game. Like it was a complete disappointment for me out of like what was in my head, uh what I pictured for the game. I'll say I've come around a bit more. It doesn't 
like offend me as much. And I admit the the behind the back uh, hover bike stuff looks cooler. It's it's grown on me a bit, but still a disappointment for me. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the art style either. Like, I it's weird. I think they had a brief clip of it in that initial montage, mm. and I saw that and I was like, oh, that actually looked pretty cool. What well, like I because that was sort of the first like look at what the the style was going to be, but then when you actually get to the full trailer. Something about it looked a little bit cheap, uh, kind of flash based almost. I don't, I can't put my finger on it. And you know, I, gameplay wise, I think it still could be fun, but yeah, I just wasn't totally digging the visuals. Hmm. Uh, the next game they had was a game called The Legend of Right, which was kind of interesting looking. It looked almost like a person's desk, and then in the middle of the desk, there was like a notepad. And then it seemed like the gameplay was a hybrid of drawing in the notebook and also physical objects in the world that could interact with you. It was it kind of got me interested because Ryan and I actually, before Waveform, when we were still at Silicon Knights, did a prototype we were calling Sketch. And it was basically the same thing where you'd have drawn things on a paper and then physical objects like erasers that would come in, like a, very similar to this concept. Um, so I was I was kind of interested to see, but in this trailer, I don't know if you guys recall it, but there was just so much stuff going on. It was really yeah. hard to like tell what was happening and what was what and what you were controlling. It was just like a montage of like drawn and physical things and paper looking objects, and it was really tricky to follow. But it did look yeah. It, it, Go ahead. Yeah, it did look like it had potential. Yeah. Was this like is it like an RPG or something? I don't even know. It was like, it was hard to tell. More, more like a platformer, I think. Yeah, yeah. some sort of like puzzly game, puzzle action game type thing. Uh, yeah, I remember thinking it looked cool, but yeah, same as you. Like as the trailer went on, I was kind of more confused. So okay, what actually is this? Like in it, yeah, yeah, it was tough. Um, then they just did that like id at Xbox montage, which is just like a whole ton of games i probably won't really go over i wrote them all down but yeah, I'm not, the, there was I'm not some cool stuff them. in here i thought but i you know it's i don't know no uh titles that jumped out at me but just overall i was like oh there's looks like some cool stuff in here but that's what i'm talking about when i said you know i feel like there <laughs> could be if you do a deep dive some more impressive stuff that we're not talking about yeah i was happy to see that cross code was in there because i know they wrote that game in html5 Right. So I didn't really have a hope that it would come to many of the consoles, but it looks like they figured it out, which is good. And yeah, nothing else really stood out to me. Um, then they announced the X- Xbox Ultimate Game Pass after this, and we all jumped on this because it was quite the deal if you topped up your Xbox Gold membership. Um, so essentially what it is is for... Um, what was it? Um, fifteen bucks a month or so. Yeah, you get like the Xbox Game Pass on your Xbox One. You get it on PC and you get Xbox Gold included as well. And then, but if you already were an Xbox Gold member and you bought, it was like one dollar for the first month. Um, that was kind of the deal for E3. Then. 
it would essentially just tack on the ultimate, give you ultimate, but not charge you again until your Xbox Gold ran out whenever it ran out. And there was this loop. I don't know if it was a loophole or intentional, but if you were to top up your gold to up to 36 months, so three years, you could get this ultimate for $1 and then not have to pay for it again until three years from now. So I know Frank did it. I did it. You only did like a year, right, Dwight? Yeah. I mean, there was a little part of me that was like, is this like a legit thing? Like, is this actually going to happen? Because like nobody really knows until... Yeah, I guess at least the end of this month, what's going to happen? But uh, I mean, it seems like based on like the fine print that they put up there, it basically is like you know you won't get charged for this until this expires. Mm -hmm. But I also was having some issues because I was like I was at work and I was like I had a meeting to go to and I was like okay I gotta I gotta do this right now (laughs) for whatever reason I was like rushing to get it done and it was like so frustrating because I had to like cancel my recurring payment and then top it up and then cancel it again and like yeah so anyway i didn't didn't do the full three year i already had like a half year to go added another year and it's it's pretty sweet like i think it is legit i think they know what they're doing i don't think it's a loophole because i think they're trying to lock people in Mm -hmm. for the next three years to xbox ecosystem and and yeah for when the next gen comes out so I think it's pretty smart. I think it's legit because they uh, did it in Xbox preview as well, and it was a thing there. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, the, I mean, the other thing is there there are a lot of stuff that they announced throughout the show that is uh, like coming to Game Pass day one, day one Game Pass release, and and I think yeah, that's Gears, pretty exciting. Gears Five was in there, mm-hmm. and there were uh, Psychonauts Two was in there, I believe. There were some big games, and I was like, okay, like that's more than enough reason to. Yeah. Subscribe to this. Yeah, and um so I was I started playing around with it on PC. So I downloaded a couple of the games on PC and they run totally fine. Like you know, no hick hitch no hicks hitches or <laughs> hiccups, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> and they like unlock your achievements all through that same ecosystem and stuff. So it's it's all seems like it's all working good and all tied in together and you know, you can keep getting your achievements however you want now it's pretty neat hmm. yeah that's pretty cool um the next thing that then showed was the microsoft flight simulator right yeah which looked pretty incredible and that's coming to the game pass day one as well yeah that's pretty so sweet. that'll be interesting to run that on like my my pc and stuff um age of empires 2 definitive edition anyone have any affiliation for that no no, no. uh wasteland 3 which i have really no interest no. in and then the Double Fine acquisition they announced, uh, which I actually really am happy for those guys because they've been grinding it out for years. Yeah. And it seems like every game they put out is like just not quite good enough to get them over the hump of like being financially independent. <laughs> and Yeah, they got a lot of sort of artistic credibility, but it, I don't know that they've had a big hit. Mm-hmm. And... I yeah I think this is an exciting announcement. I could see some people being like, "This you know I want Double Fine to remain independent or whatever." But to me, this is just like this gives them some stability and hopefully a little bit of extra money to yeah sort of realize their visions, which I think is a very good thing. Yeah, we got one junk mail about this, and basically I think it was saying basically like, "Do you think they'll still be able to make these type of games, or if they're going to get the rare treatment?" from Microsoft, but I have a feeling like Microsoft's changed now where they are actually focusing 
very heavily on games, as shown by all the studios they acquired last year. And I, I have a feeling like they actually bought Double Fine to make Double Fine games, not just to like, yeah, you know, be another studio for them to use however they want. That's, that's not the kind of studio they are. That wouldn't make any yeah. sense. Like, yeah, it's not like, I think Rare had these like, I don't know, like technical prowess and design chops. So they were able to kind of like use them for stuff. But uh, I don't think Double Fine's like that. I think Double Fine's like a creative force that... Probably with extra money and stuff, they, like they could do some interesting things. Yeah, and I think Microsoft is feeling at this generation that they just didn't have a lot of exclusive stuff, mm-hmm. so they, they're trying to remedy that now. Yeah, definitely. Well, seems to be doing pretty well for them. I think. I don't know. Like, I'm looking at Double Fine's last set of games and what they've released, and it's not blowing me away by any means. So. Even the other studios they got, I mean, the, the Obsidian one could be huge if it's basically going to replace, uh, you know, Fallout or Skyrim for the time being. But I don't know. I'm not that crazy about their acquisitions. It's not like they're not mind blowing to me. Not even I, Ninja uh, Theory. That's a good one, but even then, like, they've never had a huge game for whatever reason. I'm not saying they're bad because I like some of their games, but. I still do not have that much confidence that they're going to be able to make a dent in the exclusives of PlayStation or Nintendo in the next console cycle. I just, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. I I think you got to look at it like, you know, the the absolute top tier studios are not going to sign, you know, a deal with Microsoft. So you got to kind of look at, well, what was the next tier down that they could work with? And I, you know, I think there's some interesting choices there. Uh, whether that pays off, I guess we'll have to see. But And how many first-party games did they really have outside of Halo and Gears? I don't think any, right? Do they even have any? Yeah. Forza. Okay, Forza, yeah. I guess so. Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But like, I, think, I think they're trying to remedy that by buying these studios, even if... But, I mean, a lot of the studios they purchased are studios that have had to grind it out they haven't had, you know, consistent publisher. Well, I guess Ninja Theory and Obsidian have been pretty popular, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's exciting for them. I think they'll be able to do hopefully good games without having to worry about money. Yeah. Um, next thing was the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, which was, I guess, all nine games packed into one. I didn't really know what that meant exactly. Obviously, it's going to have the newest movie game tie-in, which I guess people will be interested in. But I don't know if they're redoing the old ones or it's still basically the same games or whatnot. But I mean, they've come kind of already repackaged and rehashed them a few times, right? Because they yeah. they had at first the first few Lego Star Wars games were individual movies, then they did the complete saga. Like it, you know, yeah, I yeah, not that excited yeah for that but whatever uh next was a dragon ball z i think it was like project something i have i have zed down here i think that's dragon ball z project it was like kakaiway or something like that i don't remember exactly what it was called but it was like an action rpg set in the dragon ball universe and it's supposed to come out in early 2020 i thought it looked kind of interesting i never really have 
I've gone into Dragon Ball Z, but I know sort of some of it. And I could I could uh I could probably find that interesting. It's sort of like almost like Mortal Kombat, but more cartoon more anime, right? So mm-hmm. it, it could be interesting. I don't know. It, the the trailer itself was kind of confusing. It just looked like a bunch of fighting and cutscenes and stuff, so there wasn't too much to go off of, but definitely something was there for me. Definitely not moving the needle for me. <laughs> Looked cool, but I yeah, I don't know that I could see myself get into it. Uh, next one was a game I think Dwayne are going to be into 12 minutes, which was that uh, kind of top-down, cell-shaded type game where it was on a time loop and it was like the a guy and his wife, she gets murdered and he's got to try to save her, I guess, in 12 minutes. That's right. basically going through this loop until you figure it out. And I don't know. I, I love that kind of stuff. So I was interested in it. I also really like that kind of stuff. I do think as a trailer, I don't know that it was like, it felt like it was, mm-hmm. it was dragging. I was like, okay, this is losing people like move on. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's not really that kind of game though, but I, I, I am interested in it. Mm-hmm. You have any thoughts on that, Frank? No, I feel the same as yeah. Sean. I remember being like, what is this? Don't care. Give me something good. <laughs> Five seconds skip. But we did talk, I think we talked at some point about the idea of doing like a Groundhog Day game and why hasn't, why haven't more people done it? Uh, you know, I guess um, uh, Majora's Mask, I think maybe came up as sort of like that, but uh seems like there's a bunch of them right now in development. Well, yeah, Blair Witch and this seem to be doing it, but. And there's another one called death loop or something like oh that. i don't right. like that they weren't uh, totally clear on what that was but. yeah that's right yeah and the groundhog day groundhog day oh, yeah. Game. Oh, yeah, of course yep. that classic <laughs> title yep um the next one was way to the woods it was like that one where you play as a deer apparently like a deer mother mother right. deer and then there's the baby deer following you along you're kind of bashing into windows it seemed like was the main mechanic to unlock puzzles. Um, I didn't really have any real interest in that, but it looked pretty nice, I suppose. It reminded me a little... There was another indie game, the Deer God or something like that. Deer God, yeah. It reminded me a little of that, but... This looks way better than Deer God. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, but... Then they went into their Gears 5 stuff. They talked about the escape mode... They talked about some like Terminator character pack, which was kind of confusing and tacked onto the end, and they'd not really yeah. explained, except that they had Terminator. I didn't really understand what that what, was about. Wasn't there a Terminator thing in the Ubisoft press conference too? Yes, I, feel I think like I so. I remember hearing the theme song and looking up and being like, "What the heck is this?" And then they just—it was over. I, yeah, I was so confused. But. Yeah, it was interesting. But they announced Gears Five September tenth. I don't know what they had previously announced that day or not but um i don't know i thought terminator's also coming to ghost recall there you go Ah, okay that's what it was (laughs) yeah so yeah this gears 5 announcement was weird because it was just like a long cinematic something wasn't it and then they showed the escape part kind of after and the escape part looked kind of interesting like a new game mode that's in gears um, and I heard some interviews with, um, I think it's Rod Ferguson, the head of the gears team 
But he basically said like they're going to focus each month on like a different aspect of the game leading up to launch. So it kind of makes sense that they focus just on escape, though it was quite a big stage to do what they did. And they got quite a big time chunk, I thought. Yeah. Um, then they talked about the Elite Controller, which was, I don't know, pretty interesting. Have any of you guys used the actual original Elite? No. Yep. Is it good? Yeah, it's it's really good. So, I don't take advantage of all the stuff on it, though, but it's a very solid controller. Yeah, so they talked about having like a 40-hour battery life in it, which would be kind of handy, but I mean, how far away are you from your console that you can't plug it in every couple days? But uh, Then they talked about Dying Light 2. They showed like a brief little, I think it was pretty short, teaser. Yeah. Uh, spring 2020, then they did the Forza Horizon lego thing oh, lego yeah. pack <laughs> which kind of looked fun yeah uh gears pop any anything no uh state of decay 2 heartland expansion i don't know if any of you guys play the state of decay games no, no. i played nope. one for a bit then they announced fantasy star online 2 coming to xbox live i guess it's never been in north america mm-hmm. uh I could be interested in this. I replayed Fantasy Star 4 like last year or something and really liked it. So I could give this game a shake, but I have no time to play MMOs. So (laughs) unlikely that will happen. Uh, Then they announced, then there was this trailer for this game called Crossfire, which I'd never heard of. And I was confused because they said it had like 6 million users installed or something like that. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is this game? Like this CG trailer looks... (laughs) kind of interesting but how have i never heard this game if it has six million people playing it and i looked into it and it was like china only yeah developed by tencent or something like that or whatever that the the big chinese publisher is so obviously it's got some sort of following that it people uh, that i just i mean there's just so many people in china maybe it's just, <laughs> maybe six million is not that many but um that might have been the lamest thing at E3. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it looked pretty good, and it kind of got me interested, but I, it didn't really tell me what the game is exactly. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't even know what they said when it was coming out. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't remember much about that one. Yeah. Uh, then they have a teaser for the next Tales game, Tales of Arise 2020. I don't know, you guys are not really RPG guys. I thought it looked fine. <laughs> Borderlands 3, September 13th, 2019. I know there's a lot of Borderlands fans out there, but Borderlands really does nothing for me. Yeah, I've still never really given it a shot. I feel like maybe I could have some fun with that. I mean, I guess I like the... Uh, it's something like I feel like I would enjoy maybe the co-op experience or something. But Yeah, I played co-op uh, Borderlands 1. Yeah. with a couple of friends and it kind of just reminded me of like Diablo type loot grind and really I there wasn't anything special it was just like Diablo loot grind with guns instead of melee weapons right um, and then the game that has become the bane of my existence this <laughs> Elden Ring game from From Software I don't know if you guys have been on YouTube or maybe it's just me but like every goddamn ad I see now is for this Elden Ring game <laughs> and they show nothing and I don't know why they're advertising it so much 
other than that, it's got George R. R. Martin writing it. Yeah, they're just trying to build the hype. Like they haven't even said when the game's coming out. I don't understand why they're hyping this game so much. Um, they didn't show anything about the gameplay. I I don't even know anything about it. I don't know why they're advertising it so much, but obviously they're trying to build hype. But for me personally, the name Elden Ring does not stick with me. <laughs> yeah, it's so a brutal name. Yeah, I mean it's obviously just the From Software George R. R. Martin <clears throat> combo that they're I selling so. it on and. I guess for some people that is pretty exciting, but it's not really in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I don't really know what that's about. Uh, then they got into this project X cloud thing that is basically like stadia and PlayStation now. Mm -hmm. And they talked about how you can turn your Xbox one essentially into an X cloud server. So I guess if your Xbox one is on at home, you can in theory connect to it from anywhere, almost like a, like a Chrome remote desktop type situation and then play games from it. I don't, they weren't really clear if you stream from the Xbox to a PC or to a laptop or something, but I don't know. They weren't totally clear, but it sounds like essentially they're trying to come up with a, you know, an answer to Stadia and PlayStation now. And they also said you can do it from you, from their data centers as well. So it's basically essentially like, um, like Stadia, yeah. which, yeah, I mean that already exists. Like on PlayStation Four, I can stream my PlayStation Four games to a PC in another location. Yeah, yeah. it just plays like but shit. Doesn't the, doesn't the like Xbox it, app do that too? <clears throat> oh, my voice is going. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So there, there's kind of versions of this. So I wasn't really clear. Like it sounded cool when they said, you know, your console is a server. But I really didn't understand the practical applications of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It basically sounds like what they already had with the app. And the only thing I could think of is that they were more talking about the streaming aspect from their data centers where you actually don't need to own the console potentially. And it's basically just like Stadia. Like right. m Maybe you just have a PC or something and, and have this xCloud thing. Um, but hearing this makes me even less excited for Stadia, knowing that. And and also, one of the other news things we forgot to mention was that um, Microsoft and Sony announced they're partnering to work together on this like game streaming, which I imagine is this xCloud thing, and some other AI tech, I think they said. So it sounds like they're teaming up to get like a back-end infrastructure to improve like PlayStation now and this X cloud thing to combat stadia and stadia has so little functionality other than their streaming. So that streaming better be the best yeah. you've ever got, you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I w wasn't somebody saying, I don't know if this was you, Frank, somebody was saying that maybe there was like a rumor or a theory out there that Xbox was going to have, xbox live on switch or there's gonna be some kind of partnership yeah. there and that obviously did not get announced so yeah they've been teasing that or mentioning shit like that forever so still waiting yeah they um the next thing they did was the project scarlet their next gen we kind of already touched about it a bunch but basically new ssd hard drive new processor new graphics card 
GDDR6 graphics memory, um, hardware-supported ray tracing, Halo's launching on it. I think they said backwards compatibility for everything. Yeah, I mean, they were pushing that, so every Xbox system, you can play games on this. Yeah. I mean, I I assume there'll still be, like, a select list of... Yeah. Well, well, part of that E3, I don't know if Huck's going to get to it, was that... uh, this they're capping their backwards compatibility program. Right. They anna- announced the last batch of games, and no more will be added at this point. From like the 360 and original Xbox, right? Correct. That's yeah. a disaster for me because College Hoops 2K8 is not on the list currently. <laughs> I got to keep my 360 around forever now because of that. Two human getting in right under the wire. Yeah, so that was quite surprising actually, given the lawsuit state of that game i'm actually surprised they're allowed to i assume that's why it's free i really don't know the details on it why am i the only one who's su- uh, surprised that the a judge is supposed to say you have to burn every copy of a game that's ever been made like has anyone questioned the decision of the lawsuit that sounded pretty uh questionable to me <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean it's crazy because the, like how do you enforce <laughs> yeah. that? What the fuck? What is like? What is that, that? Again, does that apply to digital copies? Like that's a whole other. Clearly, it doesn't, and clearly, whatever that judge said doesn't mean <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's just like fire and brimstone. Like this, you will burn and destroy everything you've ever done. This is so. Maybe offensive. it only applies in North Carolina. Get real. Get real. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then that was basically the end of the Microsoft conference. They showed the Halo trailer, which I thought was run on and didn't even really show that much or talk about anything. Yeah, they were really trying to make it feel super epic, and it just... Fell completely flat. Yeah. It's too bad. Like No one cares about your shitty video game stories. Yeah. Show us gameplay. Yeah. Like So many of these press conferences were brutal... Like, just cinematic trailers. Yeah. When are they going to learn? Take a page out of Sony's notebook. They do demos. Demos that feel like they're real games being played, and that's when people lose their shit at press conferences. Yeah. No one had anything that felt like a playable game, and even the one that was the closest was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Like, that felt like a bad one or an average game. Sony brings it with their playable game walkthroughs and everyone else shit the bed and gave us canned CG bullshit and it shows the worst D3. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with a mix of the two. Like, you know, I get the first time you announce a game, you're probably just going to have like a, you know, a CG trailer or something, but it does make you wonder a lot of the stuff that was announced for the first time is any of that, like I assume all that's next gen, right? Or like, did they specify a lot of these things? Like, yeah, I don't know. We had we have a game junk question which could probably tie into this right now, but it was saying like, um, you know, why I, I I can't remember. Do you have it there? It was something about why, like, why why are there not more uh, big big demos and stuff? And and um, I think it's near the bottom and. I know that I was thinking about this and like, obviously um, the one reason I can think of is that these demos just take a lot of work to polish up. Like no matter where you are in the dev cycle, they're going to, it's going to take a long time to, 
to get this to a point where they feel comfortable with it on stage. And even if they're showing it on the show floor, um, they got to make sure it is super tight and there are no bugs. So I think one alternative to doing that is basically just hire some sort of digital, you know, CG movie trailer company, give them some of your assets and say, here, go make a trailer. And then that way you don't have to pay for any, I mean, you don't have to take away your team from working on the actual game and you still get, you still get some marketing or, you know, announcements from, um, from the stage, even though it's not a gameplay trailer, but I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. And it does make sense in the sense that you're not pulling away your entire team to make this like, I mean, we've worked on stuff like that and it, it really does crush your team for like a couple months to make sure that demo is, is top notch. Cause you could be anywhere in the dev cycle and yeah. you know, you could, you could have stuff that's unfinished in almost every area of the game. That's just temp and you need to make sure it, it's polished up and looking great. Cause people will see it and will, will criticize. I can't find that question, but okay. Maybe I made it up, but the, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a big, I think that's a big reason probably why Sony was a no show. Like they just realized this is stupid. Why are we like, we don't even need to show anything. We're, we're, yeah. we're sitting pretty here. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just let our devs do their thing. And I think it's kind of a, a bold move, but yeah, you can crush. I mean, you can really put, put a game back. Cause I mean, like, look what happened with, what was it? Uh, Spider-Man where they had like the puddles weren't as reflective and then people were shitting all over that in the final game because like the puddles didn't reflect rain properly or something like what the hell are you serious like and the game probably well the game sold i'm guessing five to six i think it's over 10 now more so yeah so like those those vocal minority about people who complain about trailers from e3 nobody gives a shit about them it's it's nonsense i just think you're like, unless you're making a, a cinematic that's going to go in the game eventually, which I think Halo Infinite will be, uh, it's just a waste of money. Like, real gamers who, uh, like, you know, influence people or you're not going to change your review scores, you're not going to change anything, and you're really not going to impress uh, a real gamer unless you show them some gameplay. And, like, the the trailers that are CG... Like, casual gamers are not watching these E3 trailers for the most part. Like, they see ads when they're on TV close to when the game's going to ship. And I don't know. It just seems like a complete waste. A waste of time for everyone watching it, making it. It's the worst. I've been saying that since I was 15 years old. Like, this isn't a new thing. I would watch CG things. I'm like, okay, what is this game? I have no idea. The only thing I ever cared about was gameplay. Yeah, especially now since games are looking so good, it seems even crazier. (coughs) Yeah, I mean, sometimes now they kind of try to blur the lines a little bit where it's a CG trailer, but you're like, oh, is that gameplay? Maybe. And then Mm -hmm. that's kind of... It's like that Star Wars. Yeah, it's kind of shady, but... <clears throat> All right, so should we? Uh, is that it for Microsoft then? Yeah, that's or? it. Yeah. So let's uh, move on to uh, what Ubi. Yeah, we can do Ubi next. I think, I think Square Enix might have been next, but we could do. Ubi, I mean, so. I don't know how many. Do we want to do everyone? I feel like we I could just do... start ripping through because that was really the main one. We'll do maybe a little slower for Nintendo. Yeah, but like, um, so the Ubisoft um, started off with Watch Dogs Legion. 
which I thought was a pretty good gameplay demo that actually had gameplay. And yeah, I agree. and I thought the game looked really good. Now I actually don't know why they call it Watchdogs Legion. It kind of seems like they're mm-hmm. going away from the Watchdogs thing of like hacking everyone. And well, now this is more like recruiting people and then having them do things for you. Yeah, I assume it's... it's, it's no, it's it's just rather than being one player, you can... Like, death is permanent, mm-hmm. I guess, or I'm a little unclear on that, because when someone died, there was like a a permadeath option. I don't, I don't know how hardcore... Like, it seems like it's starting to incorporate some roguelite aspects to it, where uh, you have teams and death is permanent. Um, but... I did like that idea of, you know, taking risks and leveling up a character if they could die at any point and stuff like that and making uh, gameplay a little more treacherous, so to speak. Now I just got a taste of that. That might not actually be in the game, but that felt like kind of and how good the animations were and the the voice acting and all the work goes into each one of those unique Mm -hmm. characters. Uh I don't know if they're procedurally generated or not, but or they have some system for that. That is really cool. So- Where this thing lost me was hacking Granny. <laughs> don't need it. I, I don't. I don't need like these uh, like lame attempts at humor that to get people with the game. You already had me with a cool idea. Don't need your hacking Granny highlight reel at all. <laughs> you lost me. I, like I assume the Legion name is also a play on the anonymous like we are Legion thing. Oh, right? totally. No, I'm saying. I'm not saying I don't like the name. I'm saying I don't think... I think this game would be just fine if they just called it Legion oh, instead of Watch Dogs Legion. I don't understand the Watch Dogs part of it. I think the game looks awesome. I think the name fits perfectly. I just don't understand why they're tying it into like the Watch Dogs universe, per se. Well, so did either of you guys get into Watch Dogs 1 or 2? I played probably about 5 or 10 hours of Watch Dogs 1. I didn't touch Watch Dogs 2. Hmm. I don't know. It kind of made me want just- to go back to give watchdogs one another try but i mean i love the idea of these games and then i don't know they don't really grab me in the end but maybe this one could yeah and frank what you were saying about the recruitment of people i think i heard an interview they have like 20 different archetypes for people so Mm -hmm. i don't know you might be getting a bunch of hacker grandma or maybe they like (laughs) hacker mixed with grandma mixed with whatever x covert operative is like three traits they kind of mix and match together kind of thing something yeah. like that <clears throat> um but yeah i thought it was good they announced that it was coming out march 6th which is right in that crazy march oh the one thing with that demo i didn't really like was it looked like a lot of their like close quarters combat stuff was all like canned animation stuff so if you go up and hit a button it almost looked like they do this cool like spin around shoot animation to put a guy down. There wasn't really like a hand to hand combat type gameplay. It was more just like auto kill hmm. once guys get close to you sort of thing, which may be fine. It may just keep the gameplay moving, but I, I kind of noticed it that a lot of it went into this canned animation type stuff when guys got close and yeah, I thought that the demo was a good length and they showed like a bunch of different aspects of the game. I thought it was a good demo. Um, and then it talked about that Mythic Quest TV show that's on Apple TV Plus. That's the writers of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and then they are now doing a a show about a video game company studio that runs an MMO or something. I mean, it could be funny. It looked like it was 
it was essentially um, a riff on the For Honor guy. Um, that I watched that documentary, the For Honor documentary that was on Netflix, and it it was funny how his look. See, I was feeling ball Balrog, like Corey Balrog or Barlog for God of War, like how he's becoming this, you know, essentially Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. of video games, and I'm sick of that trend in games uh, and games media. So I thought there was some potential for the show. I I haven't seen the For Honor doc though, so that sounds interesting that they're making fun of that. Yeah, potential. It's, it, well, it's funny because the. Ferrano is obviously a Ubisoft studio, and then they have this like like mockumentary, almost TV show about a similar similar guy. So they're producing the show then. Yeah, I think. Well, I would think so. It was on their stage, and huh. I actually don't. I would think they're maybe they have like a movie branch now. They are. Yeah, I mean they are producing their own movies, so could make sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they did uh, Assassin's Creed. Yep. Um, then they did a Rainbow Six Siege Phantom Sight expansion, which I had really no idea what this thing was. Um, I don't know. Then they did an Adventure Time in Brawlhalla, which I'd never even... I don't even know what Brawlhalla is. I've heard of so it. So the fact that Adventure Time's in it, I don't even know really what Adventure Time <laughs> is. It's like, a, it's like an indie somewhat knockoff of... Smash okay. Brothers that incorporates a lot of different uh, indie video game characters, right. okay. I believe. So then they did the Ghost Recon Breakpoint teaser. Beta starts September 5th. Um, I don't know. Didn't blow me away. Nothing really blew me away here from now on. Was this, was this the one with John Bernthal or is that the other? There was a couple of Ghost Recon things, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Then there was like, I think Elite Squad. I, Maybe that was oh that was no that was the mobile one I don't know uh, yeah this not, one not the, as good as Keanu but yeah I think this one had <laughs> just the like soldier talking to his troops trying to get him hyped up or yeah, something that, like that yeah that was John Bernthal then uh, some elite squad mobile game that use Ubisoft IP characters Just Dance 2020 <laughs> I was surprised oh. it's coming out on the Wii did you guys see that yeah I did <clears throat> no uh then they announced some sort of like for honor game event shadows of the Hitokuri uh rainbow six quarantine announced trailer which is like a three-player co-op rainbow six game gotta get them out of somewhere i guess i don't know it was <laughs> i don't know i see ghost recon and uh rainbow six titles with some yeah. sort of subtitle and I'm like yeah. I don't know military action game <laughs> a lot a lot of five second fast forward <laughs> during this press conference I'm not gonna lie yeah a lot that... although we haven't got to my favorite thing about the press conference which might be next I don't know I thought gods and monsters actually looked really interesting there was no gameplay uh, it seems like they're trying to take like an a Zelda art style and like do a an Assassin's Creed game kind of hybrid with Breath of the Wild or something like that, and I really like the character design, in particular the monster in that one. So it's coming out same in that big window, twenty twenty, but in like yeah. spring. But no gameplay. But I am excited. Yeah, that, for that was the last thing they showed, February twenty fifth, twenty twenty. I was surprised that the game's coming out so soon and they showed nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah. That so, but it was they were toting that it was made by the team that made Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which doesn't really speak. Of anything because essentially all of Ubisoft makes all of Ubisoft games as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Um, so, I mean, obviously one team spearheads it, but I know a lot of the other uh, studios help out. Um, the other stuff they did was Division 2, some episodic contact, and they also announced like they're partnering with Netflix to make a Division movie. And then they announced um, Uplay Plus, which is essentially what everyone else is doing. Early access to games, PC catalog, 15 bucks a month. Comes out in September and is also going to be on Stadia in 2020. So this could be interesting. Ubisoft does a lot of games. And I, I, yeah, yeah, it's weird. I heard, I think I heard that, like read about the announcement before I watched the press conference. I was just surprised that it was PC only. Like, yeah. I thought they would. This would be like an EA uh, access type thing. Is it PC only? I I think so. Maybe oh. I'm wrong, but that that was what I, I the gist I got from mm. the announcement. Yes, you're oh, correct. Okay. So I don't, I don't really. I mean, so I guess there could be some console games that are not included in this. Yeah, and I mean, I just I would want to play on the console. So. Yeah, sure, fair <laughs> enough. But maybe it'll be coming. I guess I should add, before all of these was a Google uh, event where they announced Google mm. Stadia pricing and availability. I will say I did pre-order the the starter kit or the launch exclusive launch console controller thing. And it just seemed pretty reasonably priced for something like worst case. I get a Chromecast ultra to 4k. And I mean, it seems like a pretty good value to try it out. So I'm still not convinced it's going to work, but if it does, that'd be cool. And once we get to Bethesda, it seems like there's some, a lot of technological advances on the streaming side uh, that are there too. And lastly, for Ubisoft, we forgot how it all started, which was the Assassin's Creed oh, Symphony. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I went to Video Games Live, and there was barely enough material to make one of those from the best games in history. <laughs> if you want fucking, if you want to go to a concert and hear some fucking bangers, like, all of Video Games in history <laughs> couldn't make up a concert full of bangers. So how is Assassin's Creed going to fill an entire show? I mean, I'm sure there's people that love it, but I could not hum you uh, three three bars from anything from an Assassin's Creed game. So seemed like a pretty bold mm-hmm. maneuver. Well, when it comes to Toronto, I guess make a game junk outing of it and force Frank to go. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, the only other thing they had was that uh, that Roller Champions teaser trailer thing i think there might have been a little gameplay in there kind of looked like rocket league meets like a circular track racing game sort of thing i don't know it could be fun hard i mean to say. when i heard about it i thought it was going to be a very like i thought it was gonna be a realistic roller derby thing but it mm-hmm. seems pretty cartoony i don't know yeah it uh, could be fun but i didn't love the trailer yeah just to uh jump back to stadia now that ubisoft's done they announced baldur's gate 3 in that Mm -hmm. stadia announcement now i don't think it's exclusive to stadia i think they just announced it there yeah correct so i mean i never played baldur's gate 1 or 2 i like maybe dabbled in them for a little bit but i know people are pretty excited about that game because it's made by the same people that make divinity original sin i believe and those games are really well received. Uh, what else was there anything else in that? 
Oh, so in Stadia, they did announce that, which I find interesting is that, and why Stadia may have an advantage in the streaming, is that the controller that you buy actually connects directly to the servers of Google. So there's no longer the latency of having to go through the console, then out, then back to the console, then to the controller. So in theory, they've cut down on the amount of frames that you need to take in order to get your input to and from the server. So it's almost like the Stadia server farm is acting like your console's legitimately right there. There's So that makes sense that it is going kind of like directly out rather than having to go through the console. So I can see why Stadia would have a little bit of an advantage in the streaming game because of that, um, which they did. I don't know why they didn't say that at GDC. That would be a perfect spot to kind of talk about that. But I mean, it makes sense that they they don't have like a hub that the controller input goes to. And then that hub sends out to the internet. It sounds like you connect the controller directly to the internet and then it goes, it sends all the stuff out. So that could be how they're getting their latency though. I tested my internet at home and I am not good enough to run <laughs> Stadia, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I think that was really it for the Stadia stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, I guess we could do the Bethesda. Let's just run through that quick. Um, Elder Scrolls Blades, which is like the dungeon crawler first person game out on out tonight on Switch. I have written down fall 2019. I don't know what that means. I wrote gibberish there. Uh, Fallout 76 Wastelanders expansion. I don't know if anyone plays that. I don't think so. It sounded like they're just making the game what it should have been, and they added a Battle Royale mode, so they want to get in on that gravy train. Then they had Ghostwire Tokyo, Mm -hmm. the teaser, Mm -hmm. Tango Gameworks, and it had that creative director come out that, like, uh, was... (laughs) Well, she was, like, I don't know. She was just doing weird stuff, and she's all shy and meek, and... uh, I don't yeah, try, remember. She probably sold more this. of the game than the game sold the game, but um yeah. I mean, it was a CG trailer yeah. again, but it was it was probably the best or the the most well-done CG trailer that I saw at all of you. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Except for maybe I mean, I Halo Infinite was done really well, but it didn't necessarily get mm-hmm. me excited. This one had good artistic direction and made me Excited for the potential yeah. of the game. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, some sort of expansion. They announced Commander Keen, mobile platformer. I thought it... People were losing I their fucking minds, This looked man. like typical mobile garbage. Sean will pick it up day one. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's free. Isn't it? <laughs> probably. I probably will pick it up day one. But <laughs> uh, yeah, when I, I, I also kind of saw a headline, Commander Keen, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I saw a mobile and I was like, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't even look like Commander Keen to me, really. Yeah. But I don't know. I probably most people don't even know what Commander Keen is nowadays. So I'll be honest. I did not, I had not really? heard of Commander yeah. Keen. This was like back in the shareware days. I yeah. Think. That would have been yeah. like what, late 80s probably Commander King came out? Yeah, I think, I think. so. Uh, then they announced some sort of Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Legends card game. 
Mobile Rage 2 expansion pack. Um, they announced two Wolf... Well, they're not really announced, but they had Wolfenstein, two games, Cyber Pilot, which is like a VR game, and then Youngblood is coming out July 26th, which is actually pretty soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Yeah, it looks Anybody pretty interesting. Anybody want to play a co-op shooter? <laughs> Should do it up. Sure. You can play for like half an hour from 10 to 10.30, one night every month. I'm in. <laughs> uh, then they had Deathloop, which was is made by Arcane Studios, which is the same guys that did Dishonored. Uh, people are talking about this game a lot, but all they showed was a CG trailer, and I didn't really understand what it was about. It was This is that one where like it's the guy and girl... They're trying to kill each other, and they just keep killing each other. But yeah, it felt like that Russian doll TV show, but as a video game. And I mean, I'm interested, but I agree. The trailer did not tell you much, and mm-hmm. they didn't say anything else. So yeah. Um, and then they announced Orion, which is like this technology to speed up game streaming, um, and. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. I, this felt like it should have been the most an epic announcement of all time, but I'm like, I don't well, get yeah. it. <laughs> like, it sounded like, we have we have changed the world. This is going to change everything. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. The, so they said, they said <laughs> that it's 20, 20% faster per frame and 40% lower bandwidth. Like, So the only thing that tells me is that they have come up with some sort of proprietary way to compress the video and send it uh, smaller. That's the only thing I can think of that would that would decrease your bandwidth by that amount and make it that much faster. Compre- compressed mega I guess texture. so. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but like, no, but I mean, they probably they have some sort of technology to like call it like that. But that's the only thing yeah. I can think of that. And I'm pretty sure you can pat- patent compression algorithms. So... In theory, if they came up with one, they probably panned it, and that's why they're trying to sell it as like middleware uh, to other companies. Because obviously, it must be good enough that they can get the the video smaller than anyone else. Otherwise, why would they even announce this thing? Why would they sell it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how would they prove that it's better? Well, well, it was cool that they showed. I mean, presumably at runtime, someone running Doom at max settings mm-hmm. on their phone, and it seemed like it was playing amazing. Like we don't know what kind of smoke and mirrors yeah. is going on there, but yeah, it did seem it seemed good. I mean, like you said, but I mean, I, and phones, <laughs> I mean, phones have small screens, but they're quite high resolution. So I'm assuming it was running at essentially you know at least 1080p on that phone screen. Uh, and obviously, I mean, it was. It's obviously hard to tell if there's input lag. Her fingers are just like moving super yeah. fast on the controller. It's hard to tell if she's actually controlling it at all, or if it's just a video playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if the tech works and they're trying to sell it to game developers, you know, this seems to me like something they probably should have announced at GDC, and you know, been trying to. Maybe they did. I don't know. I don't recall hearing about it. But it, it did seem a little out of place. But for you know, if since all companies are going to this game streaming thing, um, it makes sense. Though, if if you're trying to sell this to individual game studios, that means you have to integrate it into your engine. In which case, I don't get how that makes streaming faster. 
because the streaming aspect is not in the game engine. It's like sending the video across the internet from the server farm or whatever. So this was a little confusing to me on like a technical level and on an E3 stage and how it's going to work. Um, it just seemed strange, a strange announcement on, on E3. Like no one in the E3 audience is going to know what this means. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just felt like we got to get our, get some sort of mention of streaming in here because that's the thing that everybody's talking about. And I mean, obviously they have some technology there, but I didn't understand. Yeah, and that's, that's the weird thing is they didn't explain it. <laughs> they, yeah. They're just like, we have this awesome tech, but we're not going to tell you really how it works or what it does or <laughs> <laughs> give you an example other than showing Doom. But mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I don't, unless it's just streaming from like your computer to a mobile device, in which case then you can push you you're pushing the video yourself over the internet kind of thing. Um, yeah. Anyways, it was a little confusing. And then the last thing was they showed Doom Eternal, which looked kind of like a beefier Doom 2016, running with more open environments. And they announced that's going to come out November 22nd. And then they said they also added a two versus one multiplayer mode, which I don't think they had before. Where it's like two demons against one mm-hmm. one dude. Hmm. Strategy versus oh, yeah. skill. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought I like the color palette of Doom Eternal. It looks really, you know, colorful, which is surprising mm-hmm. for a Doom game. And the setting looks interesting. I'm... I'm down. I want to go back and play. Yeah, Doom. I've tried I, to pick it up. I really liked what I played, but I never finished. I tried it. to pick it up a couple of times, and I haven't. I've struggled to get into it, but it seems seems good. Yeah, I might. I might check it out. Any other thoughts of Bethesda before we move on to Square Enix? Let's. I think we got to blow through. Nope. Okay, Square Enix. Well, the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm a thousand percent back on board after seeing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was worried they were going to go all action RPG and forget all of the like turn-based turn-based routes and like forget about all the magic system they had, but it, it looks like they've integrated it all. So it's kind of like this hybrid of action RPG and turn-based and you have the character switching in there now cuz I thought you were going to be stuck just controlling Cloud now or whoever your party leader was. Um, but it looks like now you kind of like rotate through and you have to use each person strategically. Um, though the one, like a couple of the bosses they showed, it just seemed like they were absolute bullet sponges and took forever to beat, which were, um, a little confusing, but they did announce that the first pack or section or whatever you want to call it is coming out March 3rd. Yeah, let's so I think this is going to get split into like it's five possible. games. Yeah, because I'm assuming the first <laughs> quote-unquote game is just going to be Midgar, which is essentially yes. the opening five hours of the original game. So... Yeah. I wonder if you're... I'm curious if we're even... So obviously they can't just... That game would probably take, what, five hours? something Like six hours? Before you I, get to I the guess outer it, world? Oh, the original, yes. The original, yeah. Yeah. So... My first question is, will you actually get to the outer world in episode one? Uh, and number two, if you don't, how are they going to like kind of give people, you know, replayability or grinding aspects, to mm-hmm. RPGs? 
Like it's, I don't know. I mean, I think it looks yeah. amazing. I, I loved what I saw, but I feel like this is going to be like, there. it's not a double dip or a triple dip. It's like, uh, what would you call a this? Like dip? we're they're gonna, <laughs> no, it's not even a dip. It's like, we're going to like, okay, a game you want, we're going to split it up into five games that you're going to have to pay like probably 50 bucks for each time mm-hmm. or more. Like that is a, that's a milking. I don't know. Fleecing. Yeah. Milking a deep, a deep, deep milking. <laughs> yeah. Shear that sheep. Um, yeah, it looks good though. It looks real good. Uh, I'm, I'm totally hyped and I will buy this game immediately. Even though, although I think I heard that they're adding more content to the Midgar region and, and that could mean they're increasing the size of areas, adding side quests. So maybe that's mm-hmm. how they're going to flesh it out a little more. But either way, um, I, I was actually surprised that it's coming out in 2020, like early 2020. I thought this game was never going to come out, but it's looking it's looking good. Um, Life is Strange 2 is out now, I guess. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles... They announced they showed Octopath Traveler again, but now for Steam, another game I got. I tried to play again, and I just love the battle system, but the story is just brutal. Um, Last Remnant remastered, which was a, I think an Xbox 360 RPG, is now available on on Switch, I guess. Dragon Quest Builders 2, July 12th. Dragon Quest 11 S Edition in the fall. I don't know exactly what that is. That means. Um, then they showed sort of like a sizzle reel of a bunch of stuff. Um, Square Enix music now on streaming services, which people probably will eat up because there's a lot of good, you know, Final Fantasy and RPG um, soundtracks. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC, Final Fantasy 14 expansion pack, Dying Light 2, Romancing Saga 3, which is like an old RPG they're bringing back. Final Fantasy Brave Exodus War of the Visions, which is some sort of mobile Final Fantasy something or other. Um, <clears throat> Outriders, which I, is a game by People Can Fly, but I can't remember what games they made. Frank, can you just quickly look that up? Bulletstorm. Oh, Bulletstorm. Okay, right. And that's coming out summer 2020. So that could have some pedigree behind it. Uh, they had some other game, Oninaki, August 22nd, which is pretty soon. I have down here X action RPG question mark, so obviously it wasn't clear what this was, and I have no recollection, actually, of what this was. Then they announced Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, which has I think is the only Final Fantasy game that has not had any sort of re-release or remastering yet, so it's kind of good to see that. And then, is there a reason for that? Did people not like this game? Or what's the I love Final Fantasy VIII. I don't know why. I think it's one of the better ones. I don't know. Everyone says they like Final Fantasy IX, but I do not like that game at all. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I had heard that they had lost all the source code for it, so it kind of put a damper on any remaster, remake, re-release <laughs> type aspect of it, but that could all just be rumor. And then they finished with the Avengers, the big Avengers reveal and all that stuff. And um, yeah, I was not impressed with Avengers at all. Also the like 10 minute or 20 minute 
sit down with the actors that I skipped over the entire thing of. I don't know why they chose to do that. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, that just seems so forced. And my problem with it is now you're so into the movie characters that yeah. hearing, like, well, first you get the biggest voice actors in the industry to then voice characters who you're expecting to sound like their actor. And it's just totally off. And I'm like hearing Nathan Drake. Yeah. And I'm hearing like Troy Baker do the other dude. I'm like, what? This sounds completely wrong. And the gameplay didn't look good. Or what, like everything they showed was mind boggling to me. And They should have changed the character designs <clears throat> and not tried to kind of match with the movie stuff. I yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that was a big fail on their on their end just looked like cheap licensed game kind of yeah. thing which yeah which bad. is sad because I'm pretty sure they've been working on this game for a while yeah I mean maybe maybe it'll they'll pull it out but the bad thing is I have a feeling that Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is going to be better and essentially the same game as this yeah uh, but that's coming out May 15th 2020 so I mean they're deep in development they're basically done and that's probably scary for them. That game could be in some trouble, my point of view. And then um, I think just Nintendo left. Oh, yeah. The big N. Frank's Frank's love of Nintendo. Uh, they started out with Smash Brothers Ultimate Cross Dragon Quest Eleven. They love doing these crosses. Uh, <laughs> then Dragon Quest Eleven Definitive Edition, Luigi's Mansion, Mansion Three. Now, was that an announcement? Or was that game announced already? It was announced, but already. I don't. Did they show anything from it before? Maybe not. Okay. They showed a, <laughs> they showed a bunch of the mechanics though, which was kind of nice to see that they were showing gameplay. Surprising. Yeah, that games mean, aren't that, memorable when that, you show gameplay. I think Nintendo had one up on Microsoft in that department. They didn't show a ton of stuff, and certainly not a lot of new stuff. But they did show a lot of gameplay. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't play any of the original Luigi's Mansions, but I could. I could be interested in this one. Yeah, I'm kind of interested. Um, then they showed the Dark Crystal IP tactics game, which was Frank. What are you saying? Which about was this? so I, strange. I'm kind of. I'm kind of digging it. Uh, I thought it looked okay. I mean, I'm obviously not into strategy games that much, but it looked I okay. Mean, I, I I'm definitely not going to buy it or play <laughs> it. It is one of, like okay. the I played one of the Final <clears throat> Fantasy Tactics games quite a bit. I don't remember which one it was, but <coughs> I don't know. I I like the look of it. I think there's only one, so it's probably that one. I thought there was two or three. Anyway, <laughs> it was on the Game Boy Advance, I think. Mm. Uh yeah, I'm like kind of interested in, in this one. I'm I'm digging it. I find the Dark Crystal IP in general just so freaky, like in a bad way, like <laughs> <laughs> so unnerving and yeah, weird looking. That's true. It's like Uncanny Valley. Every character. I mean, I was watching a, a big part of this press conference with Kieran, and this trailer came on, and he was kind of like, "What the?" Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who would like? Who would even know the Dark Crystal IP now? Well, like, it's because it's it's a tie-in with... There's a new Netflix series coming out this year. Oh, is th there? This summer, I believe. So. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, then they showed off the Link's Awakening remake. 
I totally forgot about this, but this might have to move into my top five because I remember this game. This game looked real good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not crazy really? about the art style. Gotta oh, be honest. I thought it looked yeah. incredible. I'm looking forward to it. I just, it's a remake, you know, and it's just. I didn't play the original, so. My top, my top two games are remakes. I pretty much live for remakes now. <laughs> okay. And we haven't even gotten to the remake I'm most excited for. We will very okay. shortly. Well, let's keep going then. Um, oh, I guess Lynx comes out September 20th, which is actually pretty pretty soon. Then they announced Trials of Mana, which is a remake of Secret of Mana 3, which originally was called Sukaden Seksu 3 or something like that, whatever the Japanese name. Never... Jesus never got an Eng- <laughs> never got an English release. <laughs> Early 2020, I should add that onto my list. They announced the collection of Mana, which is like basically the three game, three Mana type games unreleased or um, unchanged. Uh, that's out now apparently. Witcher three on Switch, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, July 26th, which is quite new or quite quite close. And um, I'm pretty excited for that game actually. I haven't played sort of like that sort of strategy game in a long time. And uh, I'll probably have to pick that one up. Then they announced Resident Evil was coming to Switch 5 and 6. No More Heroes 3, which is like a CG announced trailer 2020. Any of you guys play No More Heroes? I think... I tried it. I never yeah, got into same. it. I like the idea. Then Contra Rogue corpse which Ugh, I, I thought looked like trash it looked so bad I'm like i was excited that they were announcing a new contra game and not digging it yeah i yeah. kind of liked it yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> i hope it's good <laughs> i really do let's get to the good stuff it's got to uh, be next. collection oh are you talking about damon cross machina Oh, okay. No. Uh, Panzer Dragoon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, there you go. Go away. Finally. S- say what you need to say. Finally, then. a remake. Oh, I just, I love the first game. It's graphics are so dated. Like, it actually hinders the storytelling, in my opinion. And this is a game I it, that is ripe for a remake and the sequel, if this one does well. So, I was am this, pumped. Was this Dreamcast? Saturn. Saturn. Sega Saturn mm. launch mm. title. Never played it. Yeah, me Might either. have to check it out. Uh, some sort of mech game called Astral Chain, which comes out August 30th. It's made by Platinum. And Yeah, that game, that was in their last was direct. It? Okay, it looks I, really good. I didn't really get yeah. what the game was from this one, but when I saw it was made by Platinum, I, I was more interested. Uh, Empire of Sin, which is John Romero's next game. It's... It's like a strategy game, looks kind of like XCOM, set in like, I guess the 1920s type era, like gangsters and stuff. I like the setting. Not sure they really showed anything in this, yeah. but... What are you saying, Frank? Yeah, there was there was something weird about the trailer, but I kind of yeah. liked it. It was. It didn't really show much. It was just that guy standing there shooting the gun, wasn't it, mostly? <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of the teaser trailer for The Irishman. Just like CG bullets zooming around and stuff, but anyway. Then Ultimate Alliance 3, July 19th, which is quite new soon, and then they said there's going to be some expansion packs with 
the X-Men characters and some other characters I can't remember off the top of my head. But I recall that one looking pretty pretty fun looking. Yeah, looking forward to that. Then uh, Cadence of Hyrule, June 13th, which is the same guys that made the Crypt of the Necrodancer game. Now, I've been wanting to play that game for a long time. I never got around to it. Have you tried it, Dwight? It was on sale for like two bucks. Oh, yeah? It might still be on the digital store. I, yeah, I jumped on the Cadence of Hyrule when, the, you know, the, the, the novelty of like out now, like announcement. Oh, yeah, uh, it is out now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. June 13th. So I'll talk about that a little bit and what, oh, okay. what we played, but I haven't cool. played the Necrodancer. Mm. Uh, then they announced that they're doing another Mario and Sonic Olympics game, obviously coming around the Olympics. Uh, they showed Animal Crossing and announced it's coming out March 20th. And then they had like a sizzle reel with a whole bunch of games. Uh, the, the Animal Crossing, I just wanted a quick note on that. So they, they announced that it was delayed, I believe. And uh, yeah. I I don't know if they said this in the direct or if I read it somewhere else, but they basically said, we don't want our team to have to crunch. So that's why we're delaying it. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I feel like we're going to be hearing that a lot more now because mm-hmm. there's been this whole backlash against crunch culture. And I feel like now when people delay a game, that's sort of an excuse they can throw out that people will be like, all right, yep, you're that's right. That's true. It's a good good excuse. I can't wait for the first game that says we're delaying so we don't have to crunch and then 20 employees come <laughs> yeah, up. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You know that's what's going to happen. But it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is a good excuse now, though. What are the journalists going to say? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they didn't say that exclusively in the press conference, but they did say it was originally announced for 2019 and they're delaying it, I think. But they didn't say the reason, I don't right. think, in the press conference. Um, they, they did a sizzle reel. Let's see here. Um, there, yeah, nothing really in here. Stranger Things 3 was in it. Uh, Super Lucky's Tale wasn't one of you guys playing that game. Yeah, that was already that's already out on Xbox. And one. Super Mario Maker Two. This is oh, a different a game one? though. Cool. Uh, and then they announced Banjo Kazooie's and Smash Brothers, and then they had the Breath of the Wild Two tease. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was Nintendo. Actually, reading through that list, they didn't do too bad. There's some stuff there. Yeah. It's not yeah, very it's, good. Let's it's be a honest. struggle to pick a winner this year, I must say. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't know if before we get to our top five, if there's any other newsworthy stuff. I guess the only thing I can think of was the TurboGrafx 16 mini announcement, which uh, I'm a little bit interested in. I'm waiting <laughs> for the lineup of games, but I had a friend uh, who had a TurboGrafx, so I know a lot of the. Those games. I was looking for Keith Courage and Alpha Zones. It's not there currently, so I've got it here. You want it, man? Yeah. I'll give it to you right now. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> How do you were you a Turbo Graphics guy, Frank, or no? No. Did you have one no, now? Not at all. Cool. Yes. The retro lounge is complete. They they gotta announce blazing lasers for that too. I mean there's there's some games that I need to see on that list before I buy it. Anything else? I don't think so. I mean, I guess, so there was like some smaller press conferences. There was like the Devolver one. Yeah, I watched that. It was brutal. As I, I did not watch the press conference. There's a game that may be on my top five list, but uh, yeah, that's about it. 
Yeah, they didn't do too much. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Carrion, House of the Gungan, Messenger DLC, My Friend Pedro. That's all I have from that written down. Hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty weak E3, definitely. And I mean, I, I don't know if you guys want to throw out who you think won E3. I mean, I still feel like Microsoft had the most stuff, but there was a lot of uh, cinematic Trash. trailers. Mm -hmm. I've got my winner. Who is it, Frank? Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, go. that might be true. <laughs> they have... The game I'm... This, like probably out of the new stuff the final fantasy 7 remake is an exclusive launch window on ps4 and they have the game i'm most excited for coming out this year so and they're probably going to announce something later in the year to to blow everyone else away so they didn't pay money to do anything here everyone else looked like pieces <laughs> of shit and uh to me they're the clear winners here. i did kind of think they might drop a Last of Us 2 trailer just right in the middle of E3 just to be kind of to finish it off but no such luck yeah I th I was expecting a couple more especially after they kind of like the day before E3 they busted out that Death Stranding I thought they were going to just drop little nuggets here and there yeah just just to yeah, uh, fuck with everyone but <laughs> they didn't alright let's do these top five lists let's get this over with <laughs> <laughs> number five dark crystal tactics <laughs> you know it's a bad e3 when oh boy that is am i just doing my whole list or sure yeah just do the whole thing right. number short. four i mean breath of the wild 2 there was nothing but i guess i'm excited just that they didn't announce like a totally separate Zelda game that they actually are going to kind of continue with that style of game and in that world and you know I love Breath of the Wild so down for that number three Gods and Monsters again not a lot to see but I really like the the art style and I just have this feeling that it's going to be my kind of game number two Carrion this was one of the ones from Devolver mm -hmm. this is like a Metroidvania where you uh, oh I you control this. the bad guys or something the like bad that? guys yeah. essentially which is kind of a cool idea and uh i thought it looked pretty cool and my number one microsoft acquiring double fine i mean i don't mm. know just i think that's going to be a good thing for for both of them but <laughs> hurting <laughs> definitely not a great e3 I, and to be fair like i i probably would have had something like cyberpunk on the list but like i just tried to stick with what was kind of new and fresh and mm -hmm. Yeah, I disqualified it for just like, I feel like I'm being told I have to like it. That might not be fair, but it's, okay. it's bothering me. I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'll do mine. Number five was the Star Wars game. I feel like there's something there. They haven't been able to show it yet. I'm hoping it is good. Uh, number four, I just slotted this in, the Link's Awakening. I am. I really want to play that game. Never played the original on Game Boy or DS or whatever it was. So really interested in that. Number three, Watch Dogs Legion. I thought that game came across really well. Uh, pretty excited for that one. Nope. Yeah, I disqualified that one for Hacking <laughs> Granny. <laughs> uh, number two was Ori. I thought that 
looked really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that should have been on my list. And uh, number one, the Final Fantasy VII remake, by far. Nice. Numero uno. Hmm. Well, uh, my number five, uh, Sony skipping E3. <laughs> number four, the one we didn't talk about, but I really have been liking the latest releases from the one-up arcade cabinets, and I can't find the Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat one or Golden T anywhere in Canada yet, which I really want. But announced at E3, TMNT Arcade version with uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game and Turtles in Time with four players on it. What is that like? Gotta a have full-on stand-up kit? No, they're like smaller. They're like four and a half feet tall, but they're like usually huh. around three hundred bucks. Uh. Number three, Spirit Farmer. Spirit, sorry, Spirit <laughs> Fair. My my writing is that not great is there. Mangled. Number two, Final Fantasy VII remake. It actually makes you want to. I'm kind of looking up the Do trophy it. list for yeah, you know Final you Fantasy VII on P. I've played the first half of that yep. game four the times. The problem is with that trophy is I'm pretty sure you have to beat the two big bad bosses at the end oh, that you have to be um, yeah ruby and emerald no problem no <laughs> problem uh and number one panzer dragoon nice what a terrible <laughs> e3 can't believe we just talked two hours about it yeah all right so we should uh plow through maybe some stuff we've been playing i mean i don't have a ton of stuff so uh you got anything huck uh well i I kind of like took this downtime of game releases and no show to just plow through a bunch of games I've I had started but never finished. So I finished Final Fantasy 15. I still that, think that game is quite underrated. I liked it quite a bit. I finally finished off Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. That game's not underrated. Everyone loves that game, so I will jump on that bandwagon as well. Say it's really good. I also beat Bioshock finally. Um, not really a fan of it still, even though I forced myself to play through the whole thing. Um, yeah, a lot of people really, really love that game, and I thought it was just kind of an okay shooter. The backtracking didn't bother me as much this time. I think I was mentally prepared for it more. And I also played through Tacoma. But before you jump into that, I yeah. just, the Bioshock thing's interesting to me because I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, what happened to this franchise? Like, Bioshock Infinite, was that the last one? Yes. And, like, I seem to remember it getting rave reviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if maybe it just didn't sell, but, like, it seems weird to me that, that that's the last one. Well, the company folded Irrational Games. Okay. They folded. So I don't know who owns the IP now. I would, but wouldn't 2K? Yeah, I guess it would probably be 2K. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Just, yeah, you know, my time might be right for a... Uh, yeah, a maybe. Bioshock, I don't if, know how much... possible. But. I don't know how much, like, Ken Levine, like, was the main driving force behind that world and the ideas and all that stuff, but right. hard to say. Um, but, yeah, then I played Tacoma, which was basically Gone Home version 2.0 with slightly <laughs> more gameplay. Um I liked it. It was fine. It wasn't uh, great, but it was it was a fine but, uh, walking simulator. Yeah, I mean, I've been curious about this one, um, but uh, like I, you, you kind of just 
watch people's conversations and you can go back and forward in time. Is that how it works? Or Yeah, you kind of like are, yeah, you're, you kind of arrive at this space station and then you're watching these logs essentially and trying to find information out in the in the logs as they happen and then that'll direct you or give you more information but yes it's 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 almost like you're just kind of watching a story unfold there's not really much stuff you do to progress the story other than watch the videos like find where the videos are and then watch them there's not too much gameplay in there right um and then there's like a little i guess twist at the end that's not that revolutionary or anything like that, but you know, some people might like it. Uh, and then let's see here. Uh, I bought final fantasy four, the complete collection on my Vita. And (laughs) the reason (laughs) I did that is because it's the only version you can buy right now that has the redone sprite work of the first game, but isn't 3d like on the DS. So, um, and it looks incredible and I love this game and, and I would highly recommend everyone with a Vita to go buy this game because it's great. I was more laughing at like how many times square repackages oh, games and resells games. And like the, this one has fall fantasy four fall fantasy, the after years, which I think was only on Wii for a little bit. <laughs> And then it also has this like interlude game, which I'd never even knew existed. Oh yeah, like I bought the Kingdom Hearts package that is like Birth by Sleep two point eight three, and all like it's so stupid. Yeah, that is that is a brutal naming that one. Um, and then I been slowly trying to make my way through Valkyrie Chronicles four. I started The Witcher three. I started playing Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the Egyptian one. I didn't realize how similar that game is to odyssey as part of the gameplay mechanics they're basically identical oh yeah, um, yeah but i'm really liking that one so far i tried to pick up rage 2 just could not get into it really yeah could not at all um then i've been playing about halfway through this game that i think is completely flying under the radar that is really i'm really loving called a plague tale innocence it's essentially a little puzzle game but it's um, it reminds me kind of the last of us, not in it's like zombie scope, but just in the sort of like world feel, but it's set in like the 1400s France and there's like uh, a plague going on, uh, that's transmitted through rats essentially. And the rats are like, kind of like the big enemy in the game and you have to use light to keep them away. And you also have a sling to like solve puzzles by either, knocking things down or distracting guards or anything like that. It's really interesting and, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, and it's just like this kind of slow methodical, basically corridor puzzle game. And, um, yeah, I'm, they just pulled it off. I didn't think people were really going to be able to pull off a game like that anymore. Uh, but this, I don't know who made it, uh, probably some French developer, but, uh, they did a really good job. I have heard of it. I don't know if that's just cause you've, maybe talking about it but yeah it's really good uh and then i also just purchased because it was on the epic the epic game store had a sale where they took off 10 bucks and this game observation uh came out 
which is basically if you played as Hal in 2001, this is like the game, and you're in a space Mm. station with these astronauts, and you've kind of been thrown off course, and your, your memory has been wiped, so you don't really know what happened, but you there's like some twists and it's really interesting and and i played probably two three hours and i think i'm probably about halfway done or so and there's not too much gameplay there are like little puzzles to solve but it's mostly kind of just exploring the space station and then having the story progress and and you know problems come up on the space station and you got to help the astronauts solve it and um yeah it's really like it's really atmospheric and it really gives you this neat little sense of like wonder and, and you know, the whodunit type feel. And um, there's definitely like that 2001 vibe going on. So do I, I think I would recommend you kind of pick it up and check it out, but hmm. yeah, I'll have to check it out. And then I was playing around with the, um, the game pass ultimate, whatever it's called on my PC and I downloaded two games that well I think River Bond just came out I played that for I did the same thing experimenting with Game Pass and I played it for a half an yes. hour and ugh, I am I, about the, I think I played it for 20 minutes and I was like what is this game this is not what I was expecting I was expecting some sort of like Zelda game and it's literally like a yeah. Zelda game meets just quest fest or quest it feels like it's for yeah. like little kids. It's like fetch like, quests. I, I, I don't know. And that's I, it. Th- they were showing the game off with it. Like when we were touring or like going to conferences for Embers of Miram, they were showing that mm-hmm. game for a long time. I think they're from yeah, Toronto. I think so. or I think, yeah, I think they are. Cucumber. And I always loved the art style. I thought it looked really cool. So when I saw it on that game pass, yeah. I downloaded it right away. And Yeah, the game I looks great. Impressed. And then they really just like, there's no real game there from what I can tell. The fact that you have to, uh, one, just a small thing. Like, I have to physically switch weapons uh, with the left and right directional pad rather than, like, triggers being dedicated to guns and buttons being dedicated to weapons and stuff like that. I don't know if there's a way to change that in the options, but I was like, this is cumbersome. Like, I Well, and they don't explain anything to you. Like, they give you, like, four weapons right out of the gate or, like, very shortly after you start the game, and they're like... I picked up a weapon that was like called ice cream cone or something like that or lollipop. I'm like, what is this? Like, why would I use this? I have a sword. I don't even know what the purpose is of this. It's like, it's like they were trying to do a survival game, but then added all these like fetch quests. Cause like you start the game and it's like, pick a region. You're like, okay, there's like eight things to choose from. I just picked the first one. And then you just jump in and it's like, go talk to this guy. You talk to him, and then it's like, go collect five chicken eggs. And then you do that, and then it's like, go break ten crab huts. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, you got you, you got voxels. <laughs> like, you already had me. You're, yeah. How did you fucking so lose me? It's, it was a strange game, and I was looking for reviews, and none were out yet. So, obviously, they did not really send out any release copies before this Xbox Game Pass thing <laughs> came out, so... Hopefully they got a nice paycheck from being on the Game Pass uh, before they came out to worldwide release. And the other game I just threw on quickly, I barely touched it, but um, also through the Game Pass was was this game called Wargroove, which is very similar to 
like Shining Force, Fire Emblem type games, and just kind of holding me over until the Fire Emblem games come out. But so far, it's it's fun. Um, I've heard it gets really hard, but I'm only I was only like two battles in or three battles in. But it's a neat little cartoony Fire Emblem strategy type game, and it uh, I'll I'm gonna keep playing it. And that's it. That's all I played. Cool, man. Uh, Frank, what do you got? Anything over there? Um, mostly I've. Well, let's say after we did our best of show, I haven't talked about the messenger. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I, I played the messenger, and I have to say it would have been probably number two on my best of last year had I played it before our, our lists. And it's kind of like this Ninja Gaiden platformer. I don't want to spoil too much with it. People might already know the gimmicks, but an indie game with great gameplay, I loved it. It was one of the best games I've played in a long time. And I remember meeting the creators for that when we were doing Miram stuff as well uh, from Sabotage Studios. It won the best game, best indie game at the Game Awards, and I would agree. It's fantastic. Definitely... Next to God of War, my favorite of last year. Uh, I went back and played Celeste a bunch as well, and I was liking it a lot. It's just, it's really hard, and especially for someone, for me, who needs to, like, get every collectible and can't leave an area until I know I've gotten it. Yeah, that'd be hard. Some of that stuff's really hidden. It's got some, yeah, some, well, not even that, but, like, I see one, and I'm like, okay, I I have to try this (laughs) 300 times if I have to. I'm not, like, so, but it, it's really good. I, I was loving that game. I should probably get back to it. Uh, most of my time has been spent by playing, replaying Mario Odyssey. I started that over, and it's still absolutely amazing. And finally, I'll just say I also, when the, I converted to the Game Pass Ultimate, I went and took a look at the library. I downloaded Metro Exodus. Uh, I re-downloaded Sea of Thieves, both Shenmue games. Uh, what were some other ones, some notable ones? Uh, there was another big one. I can't remember. Anyway, went and downloaded all those. And when you have this thing at your disposal, what's the game you play the most? <laughs> Zuma's Revenge. I, Such a, for Xbox 360. I got 360. that installed on mine too right now. I don't, I don't know why. I was like, oh, I remember liking Zuma. And I fired it up just like to play it for a bit. I probably put about <laughs> six hours into it so far. So, I mean, it's, uh, that's yeah, a classic, though. it's like that's... a kind of like a bust a move <laughs> type game. If you haven't mm-hmm. played it, it's, yeah, it's I awesome. don't. It kind of hooked me. So that's about it for me. I really once I hit my vacation soon, I need to get into some games. Oh, and one more. Just last night, this game is terrible but almost in a good way now where I actually think for a party setting, once you've unlocked all the games and you can just kind of pick them one, two mm. switch. We were playing it last night for like two or three hours and it was a <laughs> blast. So like, I know why you struggled with the baby cradling game, which made us question your parenting <laughs> abilities. Sorry to, sorry yeah, to bring that up, up on harsh, father's day, but, <laughs> But some of the games are clearly like have sexual innuendo <laughs> involved, like Soda Shaker and uh, the Milking Game oh, yeah, and the a couple other one. ones. And that is good. 
it was pretty fun. It was a uh, more entertaining, and I regret purchasing it less now than I did at any other point. <laughs> okay. Uh, a few, just a few things really for me. I, I'll mention Cadence of Hyrule, which you know just kind of came out this week, and Crypt of the Necro Dancer developers getting to play with a Nintendo um, IP, and it's kind of interesting. Like I don't, I still don't really know how this compares to the Necro Dancer game, but it's it's a Zelda game with exploration of a Zelda game, but when there's enemies on the screen. It kind of becomes like a rhythm game where you have to move to the beat and the enemies also move to the beat. So like it's, you know, you basically hit left and you jump over a square, you hit down, you jump down a square. So each movement is, uh, you know, one square and you kind of do that to the beat. And what's weird about it, like when I, I only played like maybe half an hour, I just kind of was really like, I got to. I don't understand how this game works. I'm intrigued, and I just wanted to get a feel for it. It kind of at first was reminding me a bit of um, Super Hot, mm. which I've played a little bit of, and in the sense that like I felt like okay, I can keep moving, and then if I stop, I should be able to just get my bearings. But the thing that kept fucking me up is that when you stop the enemies still keep moving and like projectiles keep moving towards you. But like initially for a split second, it seems like they're stopped, but it's cause they're moving to the beat. So I was like, kept dying cause I couldn't kind of get that through my head, but I was finally starting to kind of get the hang of it. And I hear that Necro Dancer is pretty hard and unforgiving. Whereas this is a little more accessible. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling thankful for that. Cause I could see how it could get, really hard with having to manage a lot of stuff on the screen and kind of, you know, I still wasn't totally feeling all the, the tricks to the combat, but so there's no, there's no penalty for not moving. It's just that everything else will keep moving on the beat and you can only do actions on the beat. Is that essentially, there, there is a penalty. I wasn't totally clear on what it was, but like whenever, if I did miss a beat, like something would come up, come up on the screen and say missed beat. Mm. I just wasn't sure what that meant. Oh, okay. Yet. But it's interesting too because you don't have to, you know, you don't have to hit an attack button to swing your sword. You kind of, as you get close to people, if they're in range, you will try to attack them. Mm. But it's also the reverse of that is true. So if you kind of get too close to an enemy and and you're kind of, you have to figure out what angle to approach them from or how close you can get to somebody without them kind of being the next step close to right. actually attack you. Mm. So it's, there's a lot of layers to it, I think. And it's, I don't know. I was, I was digging the music too. Like they kind of, you know, take Zelda classic Zelda themes, but add a beat to it. And it kind of worked. I was impressed. So I think it's cool that, uh, well, Nintendo or whoever like threw that idea out there and they went through with it. Cause it seems like a really unique gameplay style and it seems to fit with the Zelda music and like sort of the the combat of Zelda. So I, I like that Nintendo took a chance and, and went with it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of surprising that they, I mean, I, I assume they were, they had some involvement creatively, but from what I understand, like it is just that indie yeah. studio that is the main developer. Mario, so. Mario facade on the crypt of the Necrodancer gameplay kind of thing. Pretty much. Or yeah. not Mario, sorry, Zelda. Yeah. So, played that uh the thing i've been playing the most so like last month or maybe 
even two months ago now, <laughs> Nintendo announced uh, Blaster Master Zero Two was out for the Switch. Which reminded me that I hadn't really played much of Blaster Master Zero. And for people who don't know what that is, this is kind of a, a remake of the original NES game Blaster Master, which I loved as a kid, but it was very difficult and I found it very frustrating. It's sort of uh, partially like a Metroid-style si- side-scroller where you're in a car that can jump and and has different weapons and stuff. And I swear, like... Even as a kid, I thought this maybe was influenced by the cartoon Jason, the Wheeled Warriors. I don't know if you guys just remember this, but the main character no. is also named Jason. So seemed a little fishy to me. But uh, So you've got the side-scrolling stuff, but then you go into these uh, dungeons where suddenly it becomes like a top-down isometric uh, action thing. And uh, so you kind of have like those two aspects of the game. And... Uh, the remake just kind of makes it more accessible, updates it to kind of be more uh, in line with today's games and, you know, save points and all that kind of stuff. And the first game, I played through the whole thing and, you know, really enjoyed it. It was maybe a little too easy at points, which, you know, coming from me maybe is a bit of a red flag for some people. <clears throat> I think they really tried to fix that with the second one because i feel like the first boss in part two was harder than any boss Hmm. i i fought in the first game uh but i'm probably like halfway through the second one and it still hasn't been overly punishing i don't think and i've been enjoying it i don't know if the music is quite as good because the the first game was sort of redone versions of stuff from the original game and this is more original stuff now but if you're into the Metroidvania thing, these are definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I don't know. It's weird. I guess a lot of people don't know the original Blaster Master. I think there have been a couple other... There was like a Game Boy sequel, and I think there was even a Genesis sequel, maybe? Hmm. Uh, so it's been around, but kind of was a little bit under the radar. Uh, what else? <clears throat> played a little bit of Days Gone. I really don't have much to say about it. Did you mention that, Frank? I uh, know because I only played half yeah, an hour. Yeah, I mean, it seemed minutes. like the reviews were a little bit uh, mixed. I would say at best, like it just like, almost scared me off. I had pre-ordered it, and I almost thought, oh, maybe I'll just trade it in. But I was digging what I saw. I, I haven't gotten far enough to say for sure. But you know, it. Uh, I think the only thing that I thought some of the voice acting was a bit cheesy, um, which is nothing new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, I actually played a fair bit of Starlink. Oh, yeah. I mean, fair bit, like maybe ten hours, maybe. Uh, but hmm. yeah, that's a good. It, man. It's, it's a fair bit. It, I, the grind started to get to me, and I, I, I have it for the Switch, so I think the Star Fox stuff was making it a little more enjoyable for me. And they did announce, I don't know if it's already out, but an expansion with more Star Fox missions. But it's just a lot of the same stuff over and over again. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it or not. I haven't totally decided yet, but it was kind of fun for a while. Uh, and I guess I'll... Oh, I, so I got a, I got a mind fuck of the month for oh, you. Yes, perfect. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys heard of this game, Baba Is You. I have, yes. So uh, It's over the Switch. I assume maybe also on Steam. I don't know for sure. Baba, Bob, B A B A, like a like a sheep. 
I know. I'm trying to picture so, it. So it, okay, right. this is a tough one to describe. It's basically you, you're, you know, it's kind of a, like a platformer, I guess, 2D. Uh, well, not really a platformer. It's like you're 2D, like almost like a maze kind of. It looks it, like a dungeon yeah, like crawler, a block like pushing puzzle. Like yeah, it's like, it, it reminded me a little bit of Boxel. It, it's it is a block pushing puzzle game, but the thing is, you have these words throughout the level and if you push a word so it'll be like uh flag will be one word and another word will be goal and if you have flag is goal then that means getting and touching the flag beats that level and then you'll have like uh door is stop which means you can't walk through a door. And if you can kind of put, you can actually push and interact with the words to kind of try and rearrange them. And in doing that, it changes the properties of different objects in the, in the level. And it very quickly becomes this real mind fuck, I guess. You're trying to like, you know, push the, you know, instead of trying to push a rock, you switch it around so that you're pushing all the walls around within a level to get somewhere. And it's, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I haven't played a ton of it, but I uh, was actually enjoying it quite a bit. And <clears throat> I guess that's about it. I can quickly mention, I, I after the news came out, so I think when we did our end-of-the-year show, best of 2018, it was like a day later or something, we were, t- I, I, we were talking about Metroid Prime 4, I think. Mm. Yes, I don't remember where that mm-hmm. came up, but we were talking about it, and like a day later, they announced that it was delayed and that they were totally Given revamping it. And, and, stuff, yeah. and so I was like, oh, fuck. So that was kind of disappointing, and then I thought, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to try and play the two Prime games that I, I never finished, and I went back to Prime 3. Is that Corruption? Corruption. And... uh I don't know. I've played a fair bit of it. It's but it's so frustrating with the motion controls. Like going back to that stuff now, like, mm-hmm. just kind of makes me wonder how we sat through some I, of those. I games. bought that game too. I don't think I ever took it out of the wrap. Yeah, like, I don't think I ever touched it. And like, I want to go back to Metroid Prime Two as well. And I think I mentioned this a while back. Like I had tried with the Dolphin emulator, so I could because I don't want to use the motion controls for yeah. it. And I kind of, it was kind of playable, but like I don't know, there was some things about it that didn't quite work, so it was kind of frustrating. But I'm enjoying Metroid Prime Three, but it's just yeah, there's points, especially during the boss fights, where it's like you you know you, you start to have a little bit of intensity, and like the motion controls aren't doing what you want them to do, and yeah. it's just ugh, so frustrating. Yeah, I remember having to open doors and you have to pull out oh, yeah. and rotate and all this stuff, and it was such yep. a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to finish it or not, but it scratched a certain itch for a little while there. But I guess that's about it for me. So we do have some junk mail. Do we want to like try and like just breeze through this stuff? Let's do it. Yeah. Do you have the list there, Huck, or do you want me to... I guess I could just go from this email you sent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's one or two that came in after this, so we'll try and get to as much as we can. But uh, And I think some of these were from what? I think just one. Just one was from early January, but I thought it was uh, appropriate. 
Okay. All the other ones are for the show. All right. So Stephen in Dublin says, hey, guys, just want to get your take. Oh, and I guess I should say gamejunkpodcast at gmail.com just, you know, for future reference. Uh, hey, guys, just want to get your take on EA's handling of the Star Wars franchise. You would imagine it would be easy to release a game based on the license, but they've only done Battlefront. 1 and 2, and we all know Battlefront 2 is a bit of a disaster. How have they messed up so badly? Could it be Disney being awkward? Should the license be taken away? Who should it go to? Keep up the great work, Stephen. Yeah, yeah so I, that's I, a good one. I can't remember if we answered this already, but it seemed appropriate since they just announced Jedi Fallen Order, and it seems like they're doing decently with that i think they probably had bigger plans and they canceled the star wars 2020 game or whatever it was called or 1313 that's what it was called um and yeah it does seem like they're kind of wasting the license i don't know how long they have it for like ea but definitely seems a shame that i mean battlefront one and two are pretty remarkable games in their visual and audio quality and all that stuff but I, I I don't know. Did you guys get through the single player of Battlefront Two? I didn't, but I I liked no. what I played, and I guess that's kind of what has me a little bit looking forward to the Fallen Order as well. Yeah, I only played it a little bit as well, and and I should really go back and play it. But um, I yeah I I'm kind of torn because at this one end you're like oh they should be putting out more games, but the same you know at the other end. You don't want them to just ruin it like they've now ruined well, the movies. Yeah, I mean, it could go down that exact same path. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of glad if 1313 wasn't working, I'm kind of glad they just canceled it instead of just like forcing it out there to make money. I don't know. I still really wish I knew what that game was. Yeah. Because it just seemed like, I don't know. It seemed like it could have been a lot more interesting than what Fallen Order seems to be, uh, which is, you know, again, nothing against Fallen Order, but I don't know. I just wanted... I The idea of an Uncharted-style Star Wars game was very intriguing to me, so... Sure, yeah. Well, I think that's what Fallen Order it is, right? be, I guess. I mean... That's what it seems like to me. Uh, I don't know if it's a good one, though, but... It just seems like with everything going on, is the Star Wars franchise as precious as it as people think it is? Like people seem to not be crazy about some of the latest movies. Uh, people seem to be screwing up the game releases. I mean, even since the prequels, it hasn't been what it was. And EA has like. They're the biggest target ever. If they release something that's not good, they're going to get destroyed, just like Battlefront 2. So they're super careful about about what they're going to put out with Star Wars. And like you said, making sure it's great or canceling it. Otherwise, people are just going to lose it on us again and say, like, you, this should be taken away from you. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. I personally don't care. Uh, there's, like... There were some okay Star Wars games with uh, Super Star Wars and the sequels on SNES. But other than that, it's not like I've played amazing Star Wars games before. None of them have lived up to the hype. I can't even think of one. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't play that. It's not for me. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic is always Mm -hmm. an obvious one. But, uh, you know, I liked the Jedi Knight games and things like that. 
it does feel like you could f- try a few more things and maybe one of them fails maybe the, one of them succeeds like i i don't know it, like again with the movie franchise they started to think they could branch off and do you know different styles of movies different genres of movies and i think they could have but they kind of got scared off after solo it's funny cuz i really like solo which is yeah, surprising. I, I like it too. I think I think the other problem with Star Wars games is they're they're kind of like these big environmental set pieces, which is extremely expensive in games. I mean, it is in movies as well. But if you're gonna if you're gonna make a Star Wars game, you probably want to go to a few different locations, mm-hmm. which immediately like bloats your environment budget way more. I'm I'm sorry, I fucked up. Knights of the Old <laughs> Republic is amazing. Good. Glad you came around to it. <laughs> no, I, I, there has been one amazing Star yeah, Wars game, it. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> I'm sorry, guy. I'm a little worried here. I'm like looking at something's going on in Reaper, and it says it's recording, but I can't see the last two hours. Uh, I think it always does I'm freaking that. out. You're fine. That was happening over here for a bit, okay. I think. <clears throat> All right. uh, okay. I don't see the name of who this is from uh oh you know what it like shrunk it's like it's not really his name it's just that he didn't leave his name or he just said that email address so all right (laughs) from that email address (laughs) music for chicks (laughs) uh okay hey guys i'm a huge fan of the podcast and i'm constantly laughing my ass off at work listening to your rants not too long after the resident evil 2 remake came out i was feeling nostalgic and got my girlfriend into co-op third-person shooters like that. I bought second copies of all my old games for us to play on PC, and we've had a lot of fun playing them. Games like Resident Evil 5, 6, and Dead Space 3. I'm into games that have similar visuals or game mechanics to those and have compelling stories. Do you guys have any other similar third-person shooters with co-op campaigns? I want to just stop there. We can answer that one. Sure. Um, I was thinking probably like Gears... Or Borderlands would be good. Um, yeah. Here's one is still uh, awesome. Destiny. I hear like people love playing that <laughs> game, though. I, I don't think it's third person. I think it's only first person. And what about Warframe? Correct. Is that game like a third person? Yeah. It's a multiplayer. Yeah, I mean, it it's is third more person. of a competitive thing, right? It's not a yeah, I guess that's true. story or MMO kind of thing. Or and then... I don't know. If you're looking for something a little slower, um, like a way out, has the co-op aspect to it, mm-hmm. and maybe the division. I don't know. I've never played the division, but it's pretty popular. Yeah, kind of multiplayer game. Uh, the only I could, there's some that aren't great that fall more into the arena. I think they're asking about like Kane and Lynch, uh, two, and mm. Army of oh, Two. Yeah. Were like kind of focused two-player co-op um, mm-hmm. shooters. But they're not known for being amazing, but if you like that genre, they, yeah. it's more of that stuff. Yeah, I think there's going to be more of this stuff coming out. I feel like there was a lot of games that were announced that were kind of co-op campaign type things. I mean, there's the uh, uh, Wolfenstein one that's coming out, uh, Youngblood. Yeah. So. Uh, as much as I hear Frank say that games don't have good stories, what does he think about the original Resident Evil 2's story? The voice acting and graphics were decent for his time, and I think the plot and suspense were really good. Probably one of my favorite stories in a video game, even if it is about zombies. 
Anybody's thoughts on that one? I have never played it. I do. I did pick up the remake, and I have been itching to play it, and just haven't done it. I also have never played either of them. I played Resident Evil 2 when it came out. I've played some of the remake. Uh, Resident Evil stories, kind of like Mortal <laughs> Kombat stories, like do nothing for me. I don't care about this stuff. I like the actual gameplay and I like the suspense and, but the stories and no, I like resident evil one cause it's so cheesy and I played it originally, but like the details of the stories of resident evil games, I know this is specifically resident evil two, which I'm not that familiar with, or I remember nothing about. Uh, yeah, I guess I can't agree. But if I play Resident Evil 2 and change my mind, <laughs> you'll be the first to know. All right, some rapid fires. Frank, top five proudest trophy platinum moments. Mine was probably God of War 1 to 3. Uh, top five, maybe I'll just do a couple. Uh, whoo, Neo. That was a big one. That took a long time. Neo... Horizon. Mm. That's about it. <laughs> I'm not into really hard platinums, All I'll right. tell you that much. Uh, Sean, top five games like Spot, Scott Pilgrim versus The World. I love side-scrolling beat-em-ups, and the art style and soundtrack of this game are amazing. Any other games you could recommend like that? I mean, the obvious one, if you haven't played it, I think the biggest influence on Scott Pilgrim was River City Ransom, which is... One of my favorite NES games. Uh, other side-scrolling beat-em-ups. Trying to think. Bad Dudes, maybe. Uh, Streets of Rage 2. Streets of Rage. Those are good. Final Fight. Uh, There's not many new ones. Oh, Castle, Castle Crashers. There's another one like that. Don't know. I mean, old ones. There's definitely the Turtles mm-hmm. games. Uh, yeah, I can't think of too many more recent ones. I mean, I guess there's Way of the Passive Fist, which is kind of an interesting mm. twist on that. Yeah. Genre. Uh, and Andrew, top five RPGs comparable to Final Fantasy VII or Wild Arms with good UIs and story that isn't a bore. Love what you guys do. Keep up the good work. Yeah. So I. So we got a quick list. I'm assuming by like that, like turn-based type games. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, the South Park games, I, I really enjoy. And they're h- hilarious too, which is pretty rare to find in RPGs. Uh, I really like Final Fantasy, or sorry, Fantasy Star Four, which I, I just played last year. It's old Genesis. Final Fantasy IV, I love. And Chrono Trigger, which I think is pretty unanimous, one of the top games. So that's... Uh, that's a solid top five. Also, Lufia 2, but I would say the story is not as hot in that one, and the UI is also not as good, but the game's really great. Let me throw in two more beat-em-ups, too. Uh, Guardian Heroes, which I believe there's a rem- remake for Xbox 360, and uh, oh, I had another really good one, too. Where did it go? You son of a bitch. Uh, beautiful oh, Joe. Yeah, that- I mean, for the yeah, game, it's been a while since I played that, but I do remember liking it. Uh, okay, and that was Scott from Chicago, I believe, who sent that. No, that was the same, the music for chicks or something like that. 
Yeah, I, I looked it up, and it's actually Scott from Chicago. Oh, that, that was okay. the subject line. So that's, oh, okay. That's why it was <laughs> missing from your. Makes sense. Uh, okay. Oh, so we got an email from our our good buddy Matt, and uh, I think he was more kind of offering to. Oh yeah, maybe sorry. on the show or something. But I, do you know Frank what uh, games he was working on? That like I think he said that there was. Gears Five, um, I think Forza. I know he's worked on that in the past. Those are the two big ones that I know nice. about that he's worked on. So shout out to Matt. Congrats on that stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, we also, and we should say he's working on the like marketing aspects and marketing <clears throat> materials right. for the games. So we got another one from Steven. He says, hey, guys, uh, Google Stadia, yay or nay, could be your chance to finally jump into Destiny 2. What did you think of the trend? Oh, this is the one you're talking about. The trend of moving mm. away from gameplay demos to cinematic trailers. Is it just bad timing that no one has games ready this late in the generation? I think that that's exactly yeah. what it is. There, there's well, and I was saying the other cool. aspect is that I think they just don't want to pull the team away and they hire someone else to do the trailers so they don't have to pull the team to do a demo and it doesn't cut into their production timeline. No one has to crunch on a demo, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. If people start complaining about this stuff, no gameplay will be like, we didn't want our team to crunch. That's Sorry. Right. No conference. <laughs> uh, Google Stadia, I am saying nay, but you know, if Frank says it's good, Maybe I'll check it out. Thank you for saying nay, Sean. You will not be getting <laughs> my buddy pass be if you are not a believer. Uh, I'm saying <laughs> nay. I'm a nay, for sure. But I have pre-ordered. When does when does that did, have? Did they give an actual date yet, or no? Just. November sixteenth, fifteenth, okay. something like cool. that. And I got some. I got. I think I got Destiny two from one of the other many, like EA Origin or something like that. I can't remember where I got it from, or whatever. Oh, maybe it's Blizzard. I think Blizzard has it right. Activision Blizzard is Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was free yes. for a period of time on the Battle Net or whatever they call it. Yeah, I only played Destiny 1 so far. Pretty good. Bungie knows how to make a shooter, that's for sure. All right, Pete says, Hello, looking forward to hearing your E3 breakdown in light of Keanu taking over E3 to promote Cyberpunk 2077 and Frank hating it. What game features the best appearance by a film star? And uh, what film star do you wish was in a computer game in the future? For me, it's Tom Cruise in an Edge of Tomorrow game. Those aliens are amazing. For me, I think it that, like there hasn't been too many games that I could think of that have like an actual actor's license uh, likeness in the game, other than like Ellen Page in Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind for me. And then I think there were some like back in like the Wing Commander days, weren't there a few? Yeah, but I don't, Camel, I don't think that was yeah. like uh, I think that was actually like. Uh, Full motion, yeah. Video. Full motion video. Yeah, that's true. I feel like Willem Dafoe, like in... Gary Oldman was in one of the Call of Duties and used his likeness, Kevin and they definitely used the... like a bunch of actors in the uh, 
the zombies mm. portions I, of I those think, games. I uh, think, you know what, I, if I had to choose one, and I don't remember the actor's name, but there was a guy who was in L.A. Noir that I thought was pretty solid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Actually, well, I think there was a few, like, Hollywood actors. Or, yeah. Yeah. The main You're guy, talking yeah. the main guy, right? Like, on the poster? Yeah. Oh. I'm going uh, <laughs> oh, 50 Cent. <laughs> I still think, uh, well, for like actor, voice actor, I think it's Mark Hamill's Joker. But I mean, he doesn't actually <laughs> nice. portray him per se. Like how was probably, and I can't, I can't think of anyone I'd want in a game off the top of my head. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know was it Michael Bean did a voice for that Far Cry blood dragon game mm. but I don't think it was his likeness I could be wrong May, like an interesting idea to that would be someone like Harrison Ford like we talk about de-aging and movies and stuff like that but doing like getting a motion capture or the essence of someone who's too old to recapture that character but using that as like a template mm-hmm. for a young version or going back in time so like a Harrison Arnie. Ford and you know, uh, a Mosquito Coast or uh, Witness video game could be huge. I'm sure there's Slice some others people can think of for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, what about Ghostbusters, man? Uh, they, they announced the remaster of oh, that Ghostbusters tough. game, and they actually had the likeness and voices of those Yeah, guys. that's true. I love that game. I actually pulled that uh, my 360 disc out and installed it on my Xbox One like a month before they announced that they're making the remaster and I was playing it for a bit and, and I really like that game actually I'm glad they're bringing it back yeah I can't really do it again now because uh, Harold Ramis has died but yeah I want Michael Keaton and like the original Batman 1989 mm-hmm. actors to come back and do a version of that game or that That'd version of fun. Gotham City. It is interesting though, like the idea of like doing a younger version of an actor. It seems like it would be a little more acceptable in a video game. So, it could be yeah. an interesting way to to do it. I guess Mads Mikkelsen in uh, Death Stranding is is it Mads Mikkelsen? I think so. Mads Mikkelsen, Leia Sadu from uh, uh, Walking Dead, right? Oh, oh, I know who. We got to get yeah. um, what's his name, Idris Elba, in something. <laughs> sure, he's he's. Don't forget Guillermo Guillermo del Toro and Nicholas Winding Refn in uh, oh yeah Death Stranding as well. Jeez, sweet. They're just throwing cash around for that game. Yeah, it feels like that. I mean, we're moving towards more of that stuff. I think so. Probably be some uh, some more stuff coming down the pipe that way. All right. Well, let's uh, get to the next one from uh, Jonas or Jonas in Finland. Hey, you guys, just a quick one. The next PlayStation will probably be called PlayStation Five. But what about the next Xbox? Can't think of anything else at the moment. Keep up the great work. I mean, he's got it right there in his email. Next box. <laughs> Good call. I don't know. They've kind of backed themselves into a little bit of a corner, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, it is true. I, I, I bet they're going to do either Xbox 2020 or Xbox Scarlet and just go totally unoriginal. Hmm. 
Uh, my guesses would be just Xbox. Xbox Final. Xbox Infinite. Mm, probably Infinite. Infinite's a good one. The idea that, that with the idea that this is going to be like the last console or it's just going to be versions of the same thing that gets upgraded over time. Okay. Whether it's via streaming services that are just kind of running the same things. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, from Discord, Hobo Robo says, what's your opinion of Microsoft acquiring Double Fine? Will they mis- be misused like Rare around the days of Connect? Yes. <laughs> kind of about yes, that. they yeah, will. Already. I don't think that I think they know what they're getting with Double Fine, and I think it'll be good. Uh, I think Double Fine's <laughs> done and overrated. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Paulo says, "How long do you think studios will continue with microtransactions? Hugely unpopular now, though that might be the minority on the internet making noise, as it seems to make them a lot of money still." Thinking of Wolfenstein, for example, which copped some hate until some bigwig clarified that it was only cosmetics and not upgrades. I mean, they're never going away. It's just they're still experimenting with the right pricing models and ways to mm-hmm. give it to consumers. Yeah, as long as it keeps making the money, they'll keep doing it. And they'll just, like Frank was saying, they'll just keep, you know, adjusting their way to disguise them or hide them away or, you know, entice you to buy them. They're going to they're gonna optimize. They've yeah. kind of found it. They found it already, yeah. right? Like cosmetic yeah, only, right. and they'll still make yeah, that's money kind off of that. The, and... the new tagline, you know, is cosmetics only. Like you hear that all the time now because people don't want to get hammered for it, but they're still going to have them. I mean, mobile mobile games still have them and will always have them. It just seems like it's the AAA stuff where it's like, can you get away from it? And I don't know. I think it's here to stay. Uh, okay. One interesting form of them that I'm like kind of torn on. I know some will let you pay for like markers on your map in an open world game for hidden things, or you're like, you can pay to have secrets and stuff on your map. And I, I like, you could look it up online, find it yourself. But if you just want to do it, they give it to you right away. If you're willing to pay. I kind of like it and kind of don't like I because I want to buy it, but didn't Assassin's Creed have like an experience booster thing you could buy? Yeah, and they've done the yeah and the secret thing. And some people were saying like there's all these articles online why the paying for the experience upgrade is the right way to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey Mm -hmm. bullshit like that. Okay, a couple more Uh, restless idiot on Twitter. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I think it's short-sighted and, and dumb, but I don't want to color your opinion. So it's a link to Destiny 2 on Stadia will not have cross-play with PC. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not really into multiplayer don't care. games. I guess if you had your friends on PC and then wanted to go Stadia all the way, then it would be not fun for you, but I mean... I mean, on Stadia, you're playing on a PC. It's just streaming to your TV, so it makes perfect sense. You're basically playing the PC version through some other console. So I, it probably, like, I'm assuming it costs them literally nothing to do other than getting multiplayer working over a streaming service 
to a screen. So, uh, but that to me is like a lie calling that crossplay. Maybe there's something I'm missing, but it just feels but like a saying it will different. not have crossplay. Will not, not, not. Will not. <laughs> well, that's fucked. Like I said, it seems like it should be inherent to a PC version, so they just can't figure out the latency. I, I or, think it's. I think it's. I don't know. That's really I weird. Mean, the article is specifically Licensing? about Destiny Two, so to me, it just feels like you know there maybe is some work for them to figure it out, and they're just saying we're not we're not going to figure it out yet. But I mean, if Stadia takes off, uh, that's weird. That is weird. Seems like it would be done already if they if Stadia is the solution it claims yeah, to be. I mean, it doesn't really get into technical details on why so i don't know <laughs> i'm returning my state okay uh <clears throat> uh at sos paradox says um what are you guys thoughts ideas hopes dreams as to what death stranding is about so far the thing i keep hearing is that it's a mailman simulator whatever that is uh there's only one thing that it's about that I can tell <laughs> ladders impossibly large ladders it's taking your ladder out <laughs> mo- moving it over things this is ladder simulator and I'm not convinced yet that it's amazing yeah I keep hearing that it's just I guess the same thing that he's saying that it's a lot of delivering things from one location to another which to me just sounds like fetch quests so I don't know I mm-hmm. I don't get it, but again, I guess trust in an interesting video game auteur. Yeah. I mean, I, the gameplay looks so far simple from what I've seen, but I'm just hoping that the story is straight, somewhat straightforward and doesn't just take for, I, I hope it just doesn't take forever to get through. Like it's not like a 40 hour thing. Cause I don't want to be like they said, doing fetch quests for 40 hours. Yeah. Um, okay, we got one last one uh, from Colin. <clears throat> hey, game crew, hope you all had a great E3. Just a question. Since Two Human is being given away for free on Xbox Live, I was hoping you might do a bit of a post-mortem on the title. What do you think it did well? And more importantly, what do you think it needed? What do you think needed work to make it better received? Thanks, Colin. You know, I was thinking about this. We should really do like a Twitch playthrough on this and... Uh, bring in some some high rollers some xsk folks and just uh give a little commentary or something on it that'd be fun i didn't really work on it that much so i don't have that much to say about it but (laughs) i fixed three bugs i think on it (laughs) menu bugs and just kind of got my feet wet when i got to the company uh to me like obviously the goal to me was to be a console or controller playable version of Diablo where you don't necessarily move to things. You click or move or point in the direction of things and your character does the work after that. So I thought the first level was really good. The hall of heroes or whatever. Uh, and I think Jay actually contributed some pretty awesome ideas to that section with, uh, some camera perspective Mm -hmm. elements from the enemies and, or goblins, which I thought was really cool and was one of the reasons I was excited to join the company, seeing mm-hmm. some of that cinematic stuff. Uh, and that just didn't carry through throughout all the game. 
Uh, I wasn't a big Diablo fan at the time, so I didn't understand the colors and tiers of armor. And, uh, like, I don't think they did a good job. If the point was to be a casual new console version of Diablo, it, me, I was their, their market. I've never played Diablo. I like adventure games and RPGs. And it did not bridge that gap to explain to me how the armor system works and uh, all that stuff. It was probably a little too hardcore for their target audience. And I just think there was silly bugs and like things that were not communicated to the player, like the polarity system and other things that I would just die walking somewhere. And like either the effects weren't clear enough or what was going on was not obvious to me. Um, I'd like to... I've played a lot more games since then and gotten a lot more into them. So I'd like to go back and revisit it. Uh, but I didn't think it was bad at the time either. Um, I actually like the story and I, I really like the ending of the game, like the kind of the twist ending, uh, or stinger, I guess. And I don't know. It was, it was okay, but there were definitely problems. with Yeah. It. So I worked on it a little more than you guys did. I did like maybe like two or three days of AI work actually with Jerry. And then, <laughs> nice. Um, and then I got put on like six months of optimizations at the end just to get it running better on, uh, the 360. And I agree with Frank. I thought they did some stuff good, but I thought they, we didn't like explain the controls well enough. Like a lot of the like double stick moves are not explained from what I remember. And the juggling is fairly well explained, but probably could have been done better. I know the camera was a big thing because everyone was using the right stick to control the camera and there was no real camera control in that regard. So that... Yeah, and that's like the Diablo thing, right? Yeah. But Diablo has yeah, a fixed right. camera perspective. This was trying to switch it. So like your your reference for which direction yeah, is which is changing If all you the went time. back and made it like an isometric camera kind of fixed above the player, if it would change the feel of that game. I mean, you could talk to Jay. I I know there was a lot of really cool camera stuff that was in there, and I think they had to pull out a lot of it because of it just messed with the gameplay too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's too bad. But yeah, I, I think you know, obviously, and this has been said many times, but there was there was a hype factory that hype factor that was there, and I think I think it was a decent game for what it was trying to do, but I think it was being hyped up as something more, and that kind of well there was the whole thing about it's been in years in development for 10 years but i mean that was that's really not accurate at all totally different game on a totally different system originally and there was games made in between yeah that where the there was no production at all on two humans right yeah but yeah i would i kind of uh wouldn't mind revisiting it i know it's it it is more fun to play uh co-op right I actually never played a co-op. No? I remember the third area drags a bit, I think. That, like, ice forest one. It's a little long. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not crazy about the second boss fight. I think it's Loki. Yeah, I can't remember that one exactly. If you pick the wrong class, I remember that boss fight being super annoying. Because yeah. you almost have mm-hmm. to use ranged weapons on them, but... Anyway, that's a that's a deep memory I'm accessing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I played it. Of course, there's the Valkyrie too, 
which oh, is yeah. always That's the, the, the point. first thing mentioned <laughs> in every review, I think. So Yeah. The thirty second death animation. Yeah. <clears throat> um but yeah, it's free, so you can check it out. It's kinda cool. Um I guess that's it for junk mail. We actually uh, got through it all. So thanks everybody for the emails. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at gamejunkpodcast at gmail.com. And that's, uh, that's pretty much it. We can briefly uh, go through some upcoming releases here. I know uh, <clears throat> this month we've got the Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh that's I think it's the week later on Switch, which is really has me very conflicted here, Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that. I uh, love Mario that. Maker 2 on June 28th. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 Shadowbringers. I think that's just like an expansion something. Okay, July 2nd. Dragon Quest Builders 2, July 12th. Wolfenstein Youngblood, July 16th. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, July 19th. Control, which I think is the new... Oh, ride. you forgot one in there. Citizens of Space, June 18th. Oh, right. Which is the same date as Bloodstained. Did you forget... Did I just say Crash Team Racing Nitro? Okay. June 21st. (laughs) Wow. Look at all these games. Those are all pretty soon. Uh, I was going to say Control. I think that's the new Remedy game. Mm -hmm. Aug 27. Correct. Uh, Blair Witch, August 30th. Gears 5, September 10th. Borderlands 3, September 13th. Link's Awakening, September 20th. Contra Rogue Core, September 24th. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, October 4th. Outer Worlds, October 25th. Death Stranding, November 8th. Pokemon Sword and Shield, November 15th. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, November 15th. And Shenmue 3, November 19th. That game's actually coming out. No way. I mean, it got delayed again, but that's <laughs> what they're saying now. Wow. And then uh, Doom Eternal, November 22nd. That's that's what I got looking towards the end of the year. I don't know. I think there's a few other big releases that don't have dates yet. Anything you guys are thinking that's missing from this list? I don't think so. Yeah. Sorry, did you September say Borderlands 3? 13th, yeah. Okay, sorry. 13th. Okay. So, I, I mean, I don't know what the next episode might be. Again, there's not really a, a huge release this summer. Um, but I'll probably be... I mean, I have uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 pre-ordered. And we'll be picking up Bloodstained. Maybe just a two-human spectacular. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, just have a big round table. Game Junk round table. I guess I should try and play this Red Dead Redemption 2 game one of these days. It's eh? <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. I should do that too. Um, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gamejunk, Twitter at gamejunkpodcast, Huck City. My Angry Commute and the business, if you want to follow that, is Equilibrium Sis. Frank. Should be having some announcements soon Yeah. in conjunction with pixel knots guys okay cool and frank is persona nothing on social media you can follow me at film junk until next time we'll see you guys later bye bye
Uh, and I just, I have to say it was brutal. Just brutal. 